Somebody's gonna die tomorrow. That's right. One of you is marked for death. And first thing tomorrow morning, the chosen one will experience nature's wrath in all its fury. SVS Fly Fishing Podcast, and what is going on, fellas? That's something I play on a Friday night when, uh, you know, you're trying to give a rigorous bad ring to your wife. <laughs> Nothing holding you back. You're there for the feeding, Jay. <laughs> I, oh, I, I'm always here for the feeding. You're, you're early. <laughs> so, hey, just in case you didn't know, Jay, uh, you're the only one at the table that this pertains to. Four years ago this night, we did our first recording. So... That, uh, that's pretty cool, man. We've been getting together every Sunday for four years doing this BS. Jeez, did we swindle them women. I know. <laughs> Mark, what, you've been in it for three years, right? Yeah, a little over. So, hey, and this show is episode 191. We're quickly approaching that 200 marker. So, just a little little uh, background fact-checking on us. And who's 192 brought to us by? Predator Flag here. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Also check out A-Rex Hooks, freshwater, saltwater. They got everything you need. Sims Fishing. You can find them at SimsFishing.com. We've been doing all of these shows from the Urban Fly Company studios. Brought to us by UrbanFlyCompany.com. If you want to check out some Urban Fly Company, uh, he's selling musky flies, predator flies, and hackle 
from Allsdorf Genetic. Yeti, built for the wild. And why not fishing and the app, the dock? You know, if find local people in your area or, you know, if you're going on a trip somewhere, try to maybe fi- find somebody that could point you in the right direction in we'll that area. We'll throw one more in tonight since we have a great guest. Let's uh, let's plug his uh, his fly shop. Mm-hmm. Check out Schultz Outfitters because tonight we're talking to Mr. Mike Schultz. I cannot wait, man. I am pumped. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot that can be learned for even, you know, someone like us in our local river and the way we smallmouth fish. Exactly. You know, there's a lot of opportunity this time of the year we're missing out on. He capitalizes this big time. And I, I know they've got something else. I don't know if they've been putting together every year, but they're doing a, uh, what is it? A the bar fly, flies. Yeah, bar flies. And they got, I mean, did you see the list of guys, uh, tires that they're going to have their week? I mean, it's pretty consistent, too, till about April. I know the first one starts on January 8th. I thought it was tomorrow, but it might be January 8th. I thought it said January. I could be wrong, but uh, in the next couple of days, real soon. And, uh, man. Tommy Lynch, uh, yeah. Larry Dahlberg, uh, Greg Sanyo, just to name a few of the guys that are going to be there. But I couldn't remember. every. I mean, there's a ton of names. Oh, uh, Russ Madden, uh, we'll, laundry list. We'll let Micah tell us all about Bar Flies. So, uh, what we do any fishing this week, guys? Did we? I did. You did? You two didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Everybody looks at me. <laughs> I'm looking for a response from one of you two. No, man. I, I, fuck. It's been I cold. No, I went uh, yesterday. Got out in the morning a little bit before uh, starting to do deer tails. Oh, we have hours upon hours of stories about mm, deer tails. Boy. But <laughs> yeah, they really. I mean, didn't get into much. Uh, Got a little late start. Fish were weird. I mean, water's still down and still clear, and they've been getting a lot of pressure, and you can tell. I mean, the first one right off the bat came up like it wanted to eat and started opening its mouth up and maybe ended the rod tip away and then just spooked off hard, flopped it back out, came right back again. So in that point, it just it stayed out, came in and didn't engage at all. So like maybe an hour later, another fish came in, did the same thing, just stayed out deep. Tried to figure eight, and it sat there, like, right underneath it. Just wouldn't do nothing, then boom, tore off. Another fish did it again right after that, and just one of them days where they would not engage in nothing. I mean, even if you had enough room to kind of see them and maybe play a little cat and mouse, they just, they hung there. They just sat and hovered. So you said uh, the old trusty fly worked for at least one of those fish, but the other one came on, uh, what what kind of fly was it? Uh, It was just a little white single that... I had laying on top of the desk. I was cleaning here last, uh, well, in the middle of last week. And there's like three, four flies sitting up there unfinished. And I don't know what happened with them. So it was almost right to the head and needed something like kind of to get it down a little bit, keel it, because it was, I don't know what the deal with it was, but used Arctic Fox on it. Worked pretty well. Swam good. Moved two fish on that. It was only six, seven inch. Yeah, it, it wasn't that big. I came over your house on Friday night. It, man, it wasn't big at all. Just a little reverse around white and feathers and Arctic Fox and eyes. Just figure I'd clean them up, throw them in the box, and at least make use of what was sitting up there. One I turned into a double that was black with uh, like an emerald green Arctic Fox over it. It's a good looking fly. That is a good looking Swam fly. Swam great. Did by it? By the way, yeah. Not good enough to uh, to bring any fish in? No, I didn't move anything on it. Stupid computer. I said, it wasn't me. <laughs> no, that was the computer. I... <laughs> I don't know, man. We got to figure out how to turn that stuff off. Go Eagles. 
I just want to see Seattle knocked out. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was is the NFL thing going off on there. I'm in the opposite, man. I don't know. I know. I'm a Cowboys not, fan, so I, I don't like the Eagles. Philly. <laughs> and same for me. Yeah. I mean, being a Niners yeah. fan, yeah. you know, same. Yep. Sure. I get it. That's all I did was sit around and watch playoff football, actually. And that's, a, you know, I, I haven't watched much football, too much football all season. But it was going to be a cold weekend. And I usually don't get out on Saturdays. So I didn't get out on Saturday. And I, I oh, God, I did a crazy undertaking. <laughs> I'm glad it's all over. I was covered in fish shit for half half day. Shut down a 75-gallon fish tank. So there was no fishing involved there. You should have threw up like a size 18 midge at it. <laughs> oh, he would. Oh, he'll eat. <laughs> he'll, 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 he's, he's big on, enough. He'll eat whatever. He's on an ice fishing rod or something. <laughs> not the first time. I, I've done that before with the catfish. There was no way to get this catfish out of this tank unless I was tearing everything out of it. I knew he's the only thing that would eat like real meat. I dropped this worm down in there. Nobody else ate it. It goes right down to the bottom. Catfish eats it. <laughs> that, that I'd put in the tank. I'd caught and put in the tank as like an inch long catfish, you know, and he grew to be like, you know, 10, 12 inches. Kind of like your snake. Yeah, <laughs> pulled him out. You know, I got him out, pulled him out, gave him to my buddy. He's lived there for years and years. Nice. How big was it when he ended up getting rid of it? My buddy, when yeah. he died in his tank, it yeah. was probably I'd say probably eighteen inches, maybe. But it was in a hundred and eighty gallon tank. So once it went from my seventy five to like a hundred and eighty gallon, it got a lot bigger. How long did it live? I don't know. Probably five, six years. Who knew whether it got beat up in that tank or what happened? Because he had small mouth in there, large mouth in there. I just didn't know. I don't know what the, the average lifespan of a channel cat is. I w- it wasn't a channel cat. Oh, no? No, it was a, it was a mud cat. Okay. It might it might even been eight. It was probably yeah, it was probably around 16 inches. It was about that long. Probably. Good size for a mud cat. Yeah, I mean, he was fed well. I mean, you know, when they don't have to fight. the last time he's seen one of them. <laughs> when there's no hooks coming down at him. Yeah, and they don't have to fight for the food. It's just there. I haven't seen one in forever. I'm we're obviously not fishing the way that yeah, not directly towards them. The way that it would take to catch them, but I haven't seen one. Best channel cat bait is a mud cat. That's what they say. I thought flathead bait or flathead. That's what I meant. I'm sorry, flathead bait. You got channels on the mind. Yeah, probably the last fish I caught. (laughs) Dude, I'm going on a streak. It's been oh no, I caught a trout. I'm sorry. I didn't catch one trout. I'm going on a streak. It's been like two months without touching a fish. It's bad. But uh, need to need to get back on the smallmouth binge. I know, I know. Um, I've been. I'd be down for that. I've been sourcing a bunch of tying material lately. I bought a mop yesterday. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds horrible. At least I've been tying game changers. (laughs) I haven't tied any of them. Either man, I just I've been out of it since the new year, all week. That's because you haven't been boozing, Chad. I know. Believe me, this is this is the only time it's affected me all week. So if anyone doesn't know, Jay and I were doing Dry January. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we drank until five in the morning on January first, but that that doesn't count. That's a a byproduct of it. Uh, well, it's December thirty first. We'll say through January first. Yeah. So. I don't know. I still haven't had a, a whiff of alcohol. Jay made it till right now. <laughs> Mark twisted my arm real hard. He said, I think I'm going to have a beer. Eh, that sounds real good. Me too. <laughs> Hashtag me too. I, 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 I was never part of this deal. So. 
Don't uh, hornswoggle me into this. No, no. I haven't <laughs> touched any since then. Yeah, we, we went to the Harm Globe Trotters last night. Uh, went out to eat beforehand. My stepdad was like, you're not having a beer? My mom's like, it's January. He's not drinking. He's that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I said, um, after the game, they they drove, so uh, pull up into our driveway. I said, all right, Bruce, uh, you want to come in and have me watch you drink a beer? <laughs> he said, no. That's stupid also. <laughs> yeah, then sitting with deer tails today. That, I, I could tell that was getting you a little bit. Yeah. I, that's one thing. That's a trigger for me. If I have stinky stuff on my hands, I wouldn't be tilting that can toward my face. Today. <laughs> if I have deer anus on my fingers or deer piss, I oh. want to have it near my nose. Oh, my God. There was one time. I, I almost choked up a little bit today. Mm-hmm. We had a couple bad There were a couple bad like, tails. Like, like, like you choked up. They were so, the tails were so nice. You were getting all you and Mark were starting to cry. Oh, no, 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 no. I like, wish that was the case. Like dry heaving. Oh, awesome. Gagging. I wish I would have been here for that. Uh, there was one frozen tail, and I, I kind of like stuck my finger in it and tried to like wallow it out so I could fit a knife into there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was it your finger? <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know, it had like this oozy, like rancid oh. fat on it, oh. and it came out on my finger, and then it just stayed <laughs> on my finger. I had I had gloves on. But it just stayed there, and I was like, oh, God. And then, like, shortly after, we went up and ate sausage pizza. And I took a giant bite of sausage. I didn't say anything to Mark, but I thought about that. I was like, oh. And, oh, man, it was rough. Oh, Oh, I can't help but laugh because I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, luckily you were in the... It didn't get me as bad today, but I think maybe because I did them Friday and yesterday, too. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They, and they were all frozen still, which was weird. I set, I set a bag of tails out yesterday. You set a bag of tails out Friday. So I set a bag out Friday at noon. When I got home that night, I had a, maybe 10 that I could work with. So I cleaned them. Saturday went back at 3. They were half were st- I did 25 complete, so I finished up with like 15 to add from the night before. Of that... Another 25. And there were still 25. There were still two frozen to cut. And we set another night, and we finally did today. The ones I set out Saturday, Saturday morning, I ended up putting them, when we were running the dryer, I put them right in front of the exhaust of the dryer. <laughs> Just kind of thought them out that way. Oh, my God. Let me tell you about the smell in my garage. Oh, it is rancid. Now, here's the impressive part. I mean, I mean they cleaned up really good. But it's just like the smell of hot meat. Well, I guess be- before the impressive part. Then. So, so like a porn set? Oh, that that's friction meat. But th- a lot of these were <laughs> bloody too, so they they uh, they trapped a bit. They definitely trapped quite a bit in them ones. This was the most work we've had to do cleaning tails. Same. Just why do you think that? Just they've been in the freezer. They pop. they they cut a lot easier just when they're fresh, never been frozen. I, I don't know whether maybe too, probably because they're busier. So you have, you know, a lot more just getting chopped off, thrown, there's blood on them, and they're not just... Yeah, I think that has aside. something to do with it. And yeah, they took a lot. I mean, they're crystal clean now, but some of them, man, you had they took some three, work. four, five minutes in the sink cleaning the tail. They were not easy. And then they sat in dish soap for another half hour, 45 minutes, and then they got washed like that again. So, I mean, some of them took some time. But the impressive part of all of it, 
is we have three screens. <laughs> yeah. Now, mind you, these screens oh. are, what, 40? I have another giant screen for you guys that's an awesome one I saved and put off to the side when we threw a bunch away down at the shop. It's not the one Bruce brought over the house, is it? Like a big, heavy-duty door screen? Yeah, it doesn't work good? No, no, he brought one. Oh, it's already in use. Oh, okay. I, I told him I, that one's for the... I want to save that one for you guys. Yeah. What yeah, are them? 48 by 60? Yeah. It, it's a big... So, yeah, that had, one's we big. We had two of them and then another one that's maybe 36 by 36. It's oblong a little bit, so it's probably like 36 by 40. And literally every single spot is taking up perfect, not room for one more tail on any of the screens. Every square inch is utilized. It's like we could not have nailed that number any more perfect. Can't beat that. No, man. It it fit perfect. A lot of a lot of A class ones are. So you're getting into like because we're getting into the colder weather. Have you seen a, a change since like the first few batches that you got from him? Or are these a, are these older tails still or they're new? They're definitely newer. November Bet- on. Yeah, better I mean, quality. They're consistently good. Consistently that, better than the archery tails. That's it, a, yeah. Yeah, they're very nice. Starting to see some thickness oh. to them. A lot, lot more length, a lot more thickness. Cool. Just better they're tails. Girthy. Beefy. Yeah. Big. Thick. Cool. Yep, you can definitely tell there's a little bit of coal sunk in there. We got what, maybe month of season? We'll be lucky to see much more from here on. Especially if this weather stays the way it is, we're not going to see much at all. Um, They said we can continue to receive tails because the season's open until Super Bowl Sunday. That's the last day of deer season. And they're not uh, technically allowed to give you tails after that? Or what, what do you mean? There's nowhere going to be... There's nowhere. Nowhere no shooting, t- yeah, shooting yeah, yeah, deer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. Okay. yeah. So technically they cannot give us tails after that because they cannot receive them after yeah. that. Yeah. So it's just one hand washes the other the way it works. Sure. So we got almost a month. Yeah, month, and if if it's eight tails a week, you know, I'm in. Mm-hmm. For sure. Would you guys have done the same number? This that year beer burp smelled year? delicious. <laughs> Thank you. Uh. You know what? <laughs> this is the first year we've actually finally. We're like, we gotta keep track and see how many we've done because we haven't. And we totally forgot to keep track the first big batches we did, right? Yeah. So it just kind of started from 2020 on. Yeah. I mean, we did, what, 128 today? Yeah. And a rough a estimate of how many you've done so far? We, we've we done about 100 so far this season. A little over, yeah. Yep, so we've probably done two and a quarter this year. Yeah, I like it. Not that I like it, but it it's a fun hobby, and it it's all right to do. Well, it's, it's it works well. It's like, perfect timing. You know what I mean? Like you're getting a good timing. I don't mind it. I, I kind of look forward to doing it. It's better to do when you're drinking beers. <laughs> it is, yes, because I didn't have any today either with you. But I mean, it's like, yeah, the sitting over the sink kind of it, it gets to your back. But it, it's like you still don't like. How long did I sit down there? It's like I just kept going. It's I enjoyed it. It wasn't like I was. If my back wouldn't hurt so bad, it wouldn't have been. It would have been fine. I did. I could sat down there all day. I probably was down there a good four hours. Yeah, you were. And you left your phone up here. I was listening to podcasts while I was splitting deer and stuff. I couldn't get <laughs> enough reception down there to even play music. So I was like, yeah, screw it. I guess I'm Just think to cleaning. yourself. Yep, that's all. <laughs> but 
but I kind of got a process down with them after doing so many. I had to get them really clean and just kept doing the same thing over. And, you know, it just, oh, excuse me. You almost got to work your, like, have a little bit of fingernails for doing it and work them through the fibers to the end, like on all the stuff that's stuck, because then it gets everything out of there. So you can just pop everything out and keep them really clean. The briars and the oh, blood clots. Oh, blood sure. clots is the main thing because you start picking at it <laughs> oh, and then yeah. it just runs the whole way down the f- fibers. Then you got to sit and just keep cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. If you can get all the fibers pulled out of there and just get almost right to the clot and the last couple fibers hanging, you can just pop it off there by itself and then it keeps everything clean. Then you don't have all that blood to keep running through it over and over. It was about 4 o'clock. I was like, huh, Jay's going to come over here pretty soon. And if anyone doesn't know Jay... He's deathly allergic to deer of deer hair. Like Yeah. Right? Oh absolutely. Deer hair. Yeah. I sent him a text message. I said, <clears throat> I don't care what happens today. I don't care what goes on. I don't know what's gonna happen. Just in case, you know. So do not come in my garage. <laughs> not without a mask on. I I bet even a, a drywall mask would uh not protect you enough. No. With the way that it smells and probably not. I don't know. The the warm meat. I'll have to get the paint a, a painter's a painter's mask, like a nice one. <laughs> you need goggles too. <clears throat> nah, nah. Your eyes look like two pistols in the nah. snow. No, as long as I don't touch anything <laughs> and touch them. As long as we're not rubbing one of them on my face, we all right. That's what I said. I think he he can make it for a little bit. With a painter's mask, I'd be good. Yeah, yeah, you'd be fine. All right, I think they sell like twelve dollars painter's mask at Lowe's. <laughs> well then you can come over and help us next time. No, no, I don't think so. No, the touching, see the touching, we already talked about that. I don't think so, Tim. No, I don't think so. I'll just stand over in the corner and drink the beers through a straw. Just wear gloves. Through a straw, you know. I've started wearing gloves lately. I don't like it, but it it eases my mind. Like the uh, I was feeling earlier. I would have really chucked if I wasn't wearing gloves. <laughs> If you had pulled it out of there and you just seen an acorn, <laughs> you, really, you really threw it out. You've never done that? Yeah, I pulled it out to an acorn. I've uh, never, never done that one. Oh, I could just see you too, like looking over Chad's face. <laughs> oh, I would have just started laughing my ass off. Oh, I don't I do. really get too, too bad. I, don't, I, I used to more, and the funny part is, is it's almost kind of reversed. Because now you got like a batch of tail. I had a couple right off the bat that got me, and that's what happened. Now it's just yeah. like I'm kind of used to it, and I know. You get something like that, boom, gone. Get rid of it. Don't mess with it. And like right off the bat, I didn't know, and I messed with one for way too long. By the end of it, it was just, it's just trying to get through it. And by the time it was done, the tail was shot anyway. Yeah, it's a, it just and it kind of ruined me for a while. And then after that, boom, as soon as you get one like that, pitch it. Don't even mess with it. I ended up throwing about three away at the end of the day. They just oh, totally, totally full of poop and ugh. I so. probably had to pitch six or eight. Yeah. Out of maybe 80 or 90 went through. Or set or whatever, 80 to the house. Yeah, and you can't complain about that. You know what I mean? There, no, there's going to be some. That's not all bad, though, too. That's some that you know the butcher tried to maybe pull and ripped it, and it was just shot. It was ripped in like three places. Like this wasn't worth the effort. That's like a Nabisco cookie. Some of them are going to break before mm-hmm. they get, make it to the bag. Yeah. When you go to go up through and you make the first cut and the knife pops to the right and goes up and then moves, like, eh, nope, this is no bueno. Speaking of the knife, I have a a hot tip for anyone that is looking to do any of this. I went on uh, Amazon and bought a Rata knife sharpener. 
all it is is like two washers that overlap each other. That is the best knife sharpener I've ever used. Man, three pulls, and you got the sharpest knife you've ever ever even thought about. I think that's yeah, the furnace to kick oh. kicking on. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> I uh, last night or night before, whenever I was doing with the house, I grabbed it, and it was night and day difference. Went from struggling making like one inch cuts with it to just like a zipper. That and cutting all the hair. That really dulls a knife really fast. So, yeah, just it also doesn't help when you're still partially frozen. <clears throat> My daughter explained that she got that feeling for the first time. You know, like the you with the well, <clears throat> you know, you are even if you like cut your hand real bad or if you smash your finger with a hammer, you pass out or get real sick to your stomach. I know how I am. <laughs> My dad, he cut his finger really bad with a box cutter the other day. Oh, oh. I get like it when you explain it to him. And I mean, I'm talking right down the middle. I mean, you can see, you know, most of the inside. He's he's a guy. He just he won't go get stitches. So he he was you know bandaging himself up at home. You know, pulls it off and putting peroxide and everything else in it. My daughter said she's you know wanted to see it for the first. She said, "Man, that made my it's like my made my stomach feel really sick, Dad. Like I felt like." And she was you know explaining the feeling. I'm like, "Yeah, Chad gets that way too." <laughs> that was when I used to roof. If you cut Ugh. yourself, like if it wasn't me, but like someone I worked with cut themselves, Sit I'd, down. I'd go to the other side of the roof. I couldn't see it. It it was bad news bears, man. Hmm. No bueno. I got a little queasy once in a while. I I was surprised. Like I think I mentioned before, when I got my last IV, when I, you know, got the old deal done, man, I got really bad and queasy. But then you felt really good right after, right? It's fine, but. <laughs> <laughs> Bray okay now. Are you feeling better after that? We haven't got an update lately. That's what I said. We feel okay now. I th- I, I didn't explain the... I might explain pulling the tag of stuff out. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, you yeah, did yeah, that. Yeah. After that, it's been smooth sailing. Everything's been wonderful. Chad, you're, you're, you're right. It's amazing. I told you. Did uh, It took a while. I sulked for a little while. You did. You were a butthurt, man. You're like, I'm not as much of a man. But it, it's really awesome. Did uh. It's all right. Did you go give your sample? I haven't. No. <laughs> I, I was I was supposed to like right around Christmas, so I'm due. I got to go do that. You know, things get busy around then. Busy as in giggity giggity. No, busy as in like <laughs> I have no time. I didn't even have enough time to you know go to, to the bathroom and do it myself in my house. <laughs> to do it for pleasure, not. Let's <laughs> yeah, yeah. go do it for them. <laughs> Didn't take care of it. I, can I go do it in house so it's nice and warm when I give it to them? Yeah, you can. <laughs> if you can. Oh, sure. <laughs> I can't anywhere. If you're a ninja. I, I'm, I'm the man. <laughs> as long as you want the police called, you're good. <laughs> tase this guy. They have a, Don't tase me, bro. They have a room full of 1980s hustlers. Oh, I'm in then. <laughs> Just for you. Think how many other dudes did that. Defiled that oh, book. If you, if, you can't, if you can't get the pages open, then you just don't look at that page. <laughs> oh my goodness! We we cut. Oh, can I, I got a good story about those. We cut a hole out of the wall at the shop to the next to the building next door. We found like a pile, dude. The mother load, yeah, <laughs> dude. Like, and I'm talking all uh, every kind, you know, from like this. This what is it like locked up over there. <laughs> Who knew? It was. I don't know where the guy, the old uh, two, the other guys were doing it. I was out. I was out doing other stuff. You know? Yeah, likely story, Jay. <laughs> no, it was the other guys. No, for real. Dean and Dan, they're the ones who found them, man. But no, they cut this hole in the wall too. There was a, the mother load, dude. 
So there's a mother load sitting there, you know, like when the mother load's sitting there, you know, at the shop, you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to browse a couple pages. I haven't seen this stuff in forever. There's still, you know, there's there's still hair. So, I mean, geez, I mean, it's like, wow, this is something different. So, And some of the not, like, so mainstream ones have the funniest titles, like Jugs and Biggins. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> that and, oh, it's just funny stuff, you know, going back to the, it made me feel like I was 15 again. Oh, I remember going up to my uncle's attic and looking at his stash up there. Oh. <laughs> That's where I became a man. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the worst thing is kids kids at 15, whatever, 14, 12, whatever, 8, whatever it be. They're going to have access to everything. Well, that They don't get to relive that. You know, they don't get to live them like, you know, VHS. <laughs> or staying up like late after all your parents go to sleep and watching Skinamax. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't <laughs> even exist anymore, does it? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's everything, you know, the, the nostalgia of all that, you know? Of just being able to go on your damn phone and look whatever you want at that, at that age. I know. I, was, uh, I remember I used to go these out. These kids got it. I used to go outside and look for clouds in the shape of a booby. You know? Hell yeah. It doesn't surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> but. Jeez, we're off the rails quick because we didn't fish. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, and this was supposed to be like a fairly on-topic podcast because Mike's on. Uh, <laughs> tell you what the weird part is, though, is it's, what, January 5th and all the lakes are open. Dude. Everything. I, I've been looking at all my like Facebook histories. Every one of them, every year past has had snow this this time of year. Mm-hmm. Not this year. <laughs> I walked over here in a hoodie up. today. It's been, uh, well, last year we've, we've we got locked up for just a little while, but right around, just right after this, right around now, it seemed like. Yeah, I'm sure by the end of this month or into February, we're going to start getting into. I told Abby, I'm like, we're just cold. buying time. We're just, you know, any day we can get now, we're just buying a week here, here and there of, of not being that 15 to 5 to, you know, even in the negatives at night. And that's, that's the worst. Speaking this isn't bad. I'll take this stuff. Especially, you get supposed to get back up into the 45s by this weekend, and I'm going to fish, for and sure. the days are getting longer. They can't go back. Yeah, they're getting longer. Yeah. Every day is getting a little bit longer. That's oh, that's Mecca. But uh, my stepdad was telling me even Michigan closed all their snowmobile trails because it's getting too warm. Hmm. Hmm. He said all the snows turned to slush, and then like you get like eight or nine sleds to go down over slushy trails, and it sprays all the snow off to the sides. So then there's nothing. So it, it's not just us. It was even warm winter. At least, I mean, it will for keep now. us. For now. Yeah. For now. It, it will keep us fishing. We could be late April still having snow on the ground, though, too. Don't you say that. I know. I hope not. Don't you do that to me, Ricky Bobby. Happened before, though. Man, I want to walk next door and just catch a bluegill. It's been so long since I've caught a fish. <laughs> That's just it. The fishing's been been great. You know, I mean, musky wise, they've been active. Except for yeah. the last, I mean, just, well, I mean, even you got to see some the other day too. Mm-hmm. So they still yeah, moving around at least. Fish. I mean, last weekend, you know, Saturday hooked that one. Sunday was nothing, but other than that, no, almost every trip has been fish. You know why? It's because I came with you last Sunday. Yeah, apparently so. The black you cloud has resurfaced. Brought the maluch. You were with me. We we're moving fish, at least. You did. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, at least we move fish. <laughs> yeah, he's got a cold streak. He'll break it. I know. What? I when I was the black cloud a couple of years ago, that was, I went, I think, six months without even smelling a fish. 
I hung that one all year long this year up until. But you at least caught smallmouth and stuff. Hmm. You know, I caught nothing. I went to Buffalo like three times. Oh, speaking of Buffalo, we got to harass our buddy Evans just for a second. They were up 16 nothing. the Bills, yesterday. Oh, I know. I was pulling for them the whole game. I watched the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it was. <sighs> there were a couple plays. Oh, here's the play of the game. It, I mean, I'm sure everybody saw it on replay 12 times. Two guys from the Buffalo Bills rushed the passer at the very end of the game. Deshaun Watson gets just sandwiched, hammered by both ends. If one of those guys isn't there, he's getting sacked. They hit each other like, they hit him like right at the exact same time. So basically stood him up and kept him standing, which I don't know how the guy wasn't like broken in half. I and mean, hell, Jesus, is he tough. But he spins out, makes a great play. And just, Jesus, Jesus, it was... I was in awe. I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat. And I don't even. I had not. I didn't have a you know horse in the race. You know, I was just sitting there like, oh my gosh, just look at these plays. the plays. Josh Allen had a few good plays. I mean, he had a couple bonehead plays, but he has a few great plays as well. And man, it, I, I like I said, I've sat in every every game this so this far this season is just or the playoffs have been a one possession game, two and two in overtime. It's been fun to watch. I'll tell you what was weird. I was watching that game. We went out to eat before the Globetrotters game. And there were two TVs right beside each other. They were both playing that game. And one of them was on like a five-second delay. It was like five seconds behind. It was so weird. Like, you'd look at it, and then you look at the, the TV beside it, and it'd be behind. Or you'd be watching that one, and they look over and like, what I miss? Crap! It- Auto instant replay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Globetrotters did that last night. They they did a play, and then they started heckling the ref because the ref made a bad call because it went to the Washington Generals. So then they did the whole play in reverse. Going, it was it was pretty cool. It was a good show. If anyone uh, is interested in that at all, go take your kids to see the Globetrotters. I've never I've never been. You not? Is this your first time going, Chad? I went when I was about my son's age, and. I remember enjoying it as much as he did. So he had a ball last night. So the trick shots and stuff are pretty cool. One of the guys jumped up on and hung on the rim and crawled up on the rim and tried making a shot into the other side while he was standing on the hoop. He didn't make it, but... Was it close? Yeah, it hit the backboard. Oh, there you go. Another guy did a 75-foot granny shot. It was an air ball, but... <laughs> Who did they play? The Washington Generals. Huh. Really? I think they've only ever lost one time. It was on Sports Center. I remember it. <laughs> they don't lose often. They had a four point line, and at the end of the game, they made a five point line. It was like 35 feet. Nobody made a five pointer. <laughs> it's pretty fun, man. It's Like I said, it's a good time to take your kids to. I've seen it on TV, you know what I mean, watch like little bits of it, you know what I mean, here and there, when they have show it, but yeah. That's yeah, kind of same with me. That'd be, that'd be neat to see in life. I saw the 70s cartoon with the Harlem Globetrotters. They're oh, like yeah. superheroes, the dribble balls. Do they still have the afros? Uh, nobody had afros. A couple of people had cornrows. A couple of people had dreadlocks. Um, There's a lady. She had dreadlocks. Um... She was pretty good though too. And uh, other than that, they all had beards. Yeah, 
They weren't rocking the 70s style anymore? No. None of them had, like, the short shorts they were all wearing? They all wore shorts, but then they all wore, like, leggings and high socks. That way they can run and, like, slide on the court and not get brush burn and stuff. So it was all, like, uh, physical part of the uniform that made sense. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> what time we got, man? When, when do we call Mike here? No, I'm just kidding. We got 36 <laughs> minutes in. We've we've been rolling. We want to go take a break. Uh, watch you guys drink a beer. Yeah, you should watch us drink more beer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna catch up come February one. I will drink January's worth of beer. I had to crack one when we're when we're talking. I know. It, I wouldn't have talked. I would have sat here mute. This is really the hardest part about it all, is not drinking while I'm BSing with you guys. Excuse me, you just ramble the fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back with Mike Schultz from Schultz Outfitters. What's going on, man? Not much, brother. Just uh, getting through the, the winter here. Yeah, man. I hear you. So, um, hey, Mike, do you want to give us a little bit of background on yourself for, uh, for anyone who's been under rock and hasn't heard of you? Uh, sure, sure, yeah. Uh, Mike Schultz, Schultz, uh, Schultz Outfitters out of Michigan. Uh, Michigan born and bred. Uh, live in Dexter, Michigan. Got a fly shop about 25 miles away in Ypsilanti. Shop opened up in 2012, closing in on eight years here come March. Uh, started the guide service back in the early 2000s and kind of took that and took the guide service and kind of moved it into some destination travel. And then once the economy turned back around, pulled the trigger, opened a fly shop and, uh, the rest is history, man. Just, uh, you know, fishing bum, like most of you guys listening, I, uh, live and breathe fishing. It's kind of my, uh, you know, I would say my, my, my second love behind ice hockey as I grew up playing hockey. And then I kind of got into got into fishing as a young kid and, uh, as my, as, as my skills, uh, you know, didn't meet the, the ranks of, uh, higher levels of hockey. I, I started spending more time fishing and, uh, love it. And, uh, you know, it's just something that, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy from being on the water to creating flies and tying flies and, you know, being in the business and, uh, you know, I spend, uh, I'm definitely, uh, myself and the guys at the shop. It's just, uh, it's all, it's all in, man. That's what we do. We live and breathe fishing and, and, uh, you know, it's kind of with that love and that passion, it's kind of taken us to where we're at now, which is having a, a successful shop and guide service and destination travel business. And, you know, the rest is history. Just have fun and do what you love and keep rolling, baby. You were saying, uh, you know, trying to get yourself through the winter and, uh, something that I seen online you guys were doing is the bar flies. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, barflies, you know, the history behind barflies is it's something that I had the idea for a long time ago when I was uh, just a, a teenager uh, working for a, a fella that uh, I kind of took the idea to and uh, kind of shot it down and said that'll never work and terrible idea and so all right, whatever, man, I'll just kind of put that on the shelf and then when I uh, kind of exited the the stage at a fly shop that I was working at uh and went from you know having a full-time job having a salaried position to being in the position i am right now where it's winter and you know wasn't going to start guiding until late april may i 
I was like, man, how am I going to make some, make some cheese and, and keep the, uh, keep the, uh, customers engaged. So myself and some of the guys that uh, I was rolling with at the time kind of rallied those boys together at the house I was renting and said, Hey man, we gotta, we gotta do something to keep these people engaged and started bar flies at a local bar where, uh, the drive home was fairly short and uh you know it worked out worked out pretty good you kind of saw what we had going and at that time i i didn't have the store and it was just uh some companies that i had worked with in the past that kind of believed in me and, and, and gave me a uh you know dealerships and whatnot to kind of get things rolling and i was running out of my house and running out of that bar and you know the rest is history it started with you know 25 30 people and then it just kept snowballing and getting bigger and bigger and eventually we started bringing in uh talent uh, from afar and, and local regional talent that uh, kind of jumped on board with it. And, you know, uh, you know, from my knowledge, it was, and, and what I knew at the time, it was kind of a, a first of its kind thing where it was a, a structured weekly event that uh, shared knowledge and uh, shared know-how of fly tying and fishing. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I think this year we're going into season 11. Uh, it's bigger and better than ever. You know, it's uh, it went from, uh, you know, 25 people in one class in a, in a tiny little bar in Dexter, Michigan to uh, a couple classes going on, at, going on at a bar just on the street from the shop, uh, as well as a class going on at the exact same time at the shop, which is like 150 yards maybe from the bar. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. We've been able to draw some, some big names and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a really fun way to kind of winter or get through the, the winter here in Michigan and keep people uh, engaged in, in fly fishing and fly tying and kind of building their stockpile for, for the new year and, and learning from people that have firsthand knowledge and, and aren't just, uh, you know, just tying these things on the internet. These are dudes that are out grinding and fishing and, and tinkering. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been highly successful for myself and the shop and also, uh, you know, I guess a, a great uh, little addition to the community, the fishing community around here uh, to keep them engaged and rolling throughout the winter. So who all you got coming out this year? Uh, this year we got some of the, you know, the regular guys that we, we always bring in, you know, guys that are well-known in the area, Tommy Lynch, Russ Madden, uh, obviously Greg Senyo, he's, he works at the shop and this amazing fly tire. And, uh, you know, this year, like kind of, uh, you know, my Wayne Gretzky of, of fishing, Larry Dahlberg is going to make the, make the trip out. Uh, Yours and it, so. ours. Right, right. Yeah, I'll for be, sure, man. <laughs> freaking legend so yeah so legendary larry's coming out on the 15th uh you know there's a whole bunch of a bunch of dudes um the grasky brothers uh you know we got we got we got this a stack lineup it's going to be uh going to be an awesome uh season again yeah so barflies is it a, a class or the guys that are coming in teaching how to tie their flies yeah so kind of how it's set up is we have a main floor which uh takes between uh, 30 and 35 people on a weekly basis. And that's going to be like a, a one or a two pattern, uh, class. And how we usually run it is the tire will get up there, do a little spiel about themselves. Um, and then they'll, they'll, they'll rip off a whole fly, make, try to get the guys to pay attention. You know, that's depending on who it is. It's usually, uh, can be quite the task, but, um, get the guys to pay attention for one whole fly and not try to get ahead of the game. Uh, and then break it down and go step by step on fly two, one and then move on, take a little break and then go on to fly two. At the same time, there's a class upstairs that'll take between 15 and 20. That's a beginner's class. 
you know, and it could start at the beginning of the season with a, a rubber leg woolly bugger, or, you know, some sort of simple streamer, and then kind of build on that. And what we attempt to do with that class is kind of do like four weeks, and then it's time to like kick most of you guys out and get back down, get down to the main floor. That's cool, um, man. Yeah, but but what happens with that class is everybody's just kind of they become friends and uh you know that half the time you get people squatting in there for a whole season but you know it, it, it is what it is what it is but you know from a business standpoint you kind of want the people to come in get a little taste of it hopefully sell them a vice and a toolkit and, and kick them downstairs so they they start getting some uh some you know real information that'll help them with uh, local waters and whatnot and then uh we also have a class going on at the shop uh which is called barflies graduates and that's a little more higher, uh, you know, level class. It definitely builds from the first week on. And uh, that class takes 15. Uh, it's a little more expensive, but it's a quiet environment, smaller group, um, super comfortable. You know, we've got a really killer uh, education room set up at the shop. that makes it uh, really easy and, and, and comfortable for the tires to, to spread out and not be rubbing elbows in the bar and then also listen to you know, everybody after they've been having a few ginger ales, um, <laughs> you know, getting a little rowdy, but, uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much what it is. It's, uh, it's something that's kind of grown and, uh, you know, definitely is something that unless we get hit with some crazy snowstorm, uh, is pretty much sold out every week. Um, especially the, the graduates class in the main floor that, uh, that rolls pretty smoothly. And, uh, we like to bring the beginners in, like I said, just kind of get them in, get them the basics and, kick them down to the to the main floor as, as fast as possible but uh it works people dig it uh, a lot of people have uh forged uh long-term you know fishing relationships and you know everybody uh you know a lot of people in michigan have rafts and drift boats and you know it's kind of cool to see the guys that are kind of at the same level of fishing and tying and and rowing skill kind of hook up and and become buddies and and become fishing partners that's uh, definitely the community aspect of it is huge I mean, coming from an area like ours, it's it's really impressive to see that many tires from all, all kind of different skill levels. Is it just like that big of a community there, or is that big of a word of mouth advertising? I mean, what what, I what mean, brings I, most in? Well, I mean, like one thing is, you know, I, I mean, with social media and stuff, everybody's learned about everybody, you know, over the last let's say ten years, but. Um, you know, I've been grinding doing this since I was a, a teenager, um, about to turn 39. Uh, so, you know, it didn't happen overnight, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, just a, a, it's, it's a long, hard road. It doesn't matter what you're doing in life. You know, it's, it takes time and it takes effort and it takes commitment and it takes people to believe in you, you know. So if you if you, everyone's got the product, but uh, if you can have some added value to that product, uh, it tends to attract um you know, a, uh, uh, a group of people and, you know, a community of anglers that are in it for the right reason and, um, are truly committed to it. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, a testament to the Schultz Outfitters staff and, and the team, you know, we have a, a really good group of dudes that are all on the same page and, uh, people, uh, you know, really value, you know, honesty and, and, uh, and whatnot in a sport that can be at times a little bit skewed on that end of things. So, um, yeah, dude, just, uh, you know, our crew's awesome. We have an awesome team. I can't, uh, you know, praise them enough. Uh, that's definitely a big attraction. You know, everybody's got unique personalities and, you know, but we all have a, a like-minded, uh, you know, a, a like-minded mindset and, and goals in mind. And 
and people dig that and and uh, everyone kind of pairs off with maybe one or two of us that they they really dig spending time with and talking with and value their firsthand information and knowledge of fishing their asses off and uh, it works so how big is the crew at Trolls Outfitters? Ah, uh, at least a dozen, man. Man, you know? that's a big shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not a big shop, but we are a big shop. I mean, if you really look at the industry in a whole, and you know, get into the the, the dollar figures, you know, of what our industry is made up of, you know, I guess we would be at this point, eight years into it, would be considered a a fairly big shop. And you know, there's definitely bigger stores that do online business and and go, you know, different avenues to move product but we've stayed pretty true to the brick and mortar and kind of growth through customer service and uh you know uh, us being available virtually you know 365 24 7 where we've been able to attract um customers both close to us regionally and from afar that uh, are loyal guys that you know only purchase stuff from us you know and um, you can't, you can't do that overnight and you can't pay for that. That's something that you just have to do through hard work and effort and, uh, you know, being a man of your word, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, a mix of shop employees, you know, there's, there's five or six, you know, core shop guys and I've got, uh, you know, you know, four or five guides and, uh, a little staff of instructors, I've got a, you know, three instructors that are um, certified casting instructors and kind of run that portion of the business, uh, a couple managers. So yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely growing. And I, I definitely sit back sometimes and go, Whoa, you know, this is a lot different. <laughs> this is a lot different than when I started it. And it was like me just sitting there grinding for 50, 60 hours a week and staying up till three o'clock in the morning for, you know, most, most nights it's, uh, you know, definitely a, a relief nowadays. And, definitely part of my my plan and 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 how things work out where you know i have i am married i have a wife and two kids i've got one kid who plays competitive hockey and um travel baseball and i got another one who's right on the cusp of that so uh when it comes to timing and and whatnot it's it's only going to get crazier so thank god we have a staff that large exactly man (laughs) you know so yeah man team's awesome awesome dude so with that being said, and you're traveling, you know, with the, with the kids, how much time do you get to spend out in the water guiding and fishing yourself? You know, every year I say I'm going to turn it down, um, you know, and, you know, the biggest problem with that when you're, uh, you know, fully infected like I am is uh, it's really difficult not to be fully engaged, especially during peak season. Um, so, you know, for me, like I just, I really enjoy watching Michigan come alive in the spring and, I really enjoy being on the water as much as I can that kind of late March, all of April, all of May, pretty much up to demo days. Um, just kind of, I don't totally check out, but um, I am definitely a guy that if I don't get that, I'm not going to be a very pleasant person to be around, especially at home. So, um, you know, I, I always say I'm going to turn it down, but you know, I always end up booking up uh, my spring schedule pretty heavy. Um, so last year I did around 60 days. Um, you know, I hope to turn that down a little bit this year, ended up, uh, hiring a a couple, couple new guys that have been poking around the crew for some time, but kind of, uh, been waiting in line for their, their shot to to get up there and uh, start rowing a boat. So, um, you know, I, I pretty much spend my time 
focusing on big fish and the people that come fish with me are usually focused on that as well. So I'm spending most of my time on the water, like I said, early season. And then by the time I get to demo days, I usually, that's the first weekend in, in June. And then I'll usually do a trip up to, to the UP, Northern Wisconsin. And then that, I kind of just turn it down and then take out my guys that I've been fishing with for years. Um, you know, some of those guys are getting in their seventies and, uh, they like the warmer weather and whatnot, but you know, my time to be on the water is definitely that early season running high water. You know, there's no canoers, no kayakers. Uh, it's just us on the water and just us and the fish. And that's what I really enjoy. Um, you know, guiding that early season stuff, hunting the big ones. So in a world of the, the fly fishing world where it's full of trout and every fly shop around is trout based, steelhead based. How do you go about making your your presence known as, hey, Schultz, they're the, they're the smallmouth guys, you know? How do you go about doing yeah. that? Because yeah, that, I mean, that's like, cool. That's what we chase. That's our, our passion, you know? Yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah. Like, where we live, if you, like, look at Michigan and, like, look at, like, the trout streams of Michigan, like, they're not around here, you know? They're they're to the north. I mean, don't get me wrong. I got a little creek in town that, the you know, Trout Unlimited – raises funds and throws a bunch of brown trout in but um you know like if i was a fish i would be a smallmouth like me as a human and me as a personality um so like i've always been attracted to them they've always been right here um uh, it's just uh, an awesome fish on on fly and and they're readily available throughout southern michigan we have some of the most amazing rivers um there's definitely you know, barriers to entry, uh, for those rivers. Like you're not going to roll up to Southern Michigan and find a river where you got back down boat ramps and it's like, launch your boat here and take out here. It just, it doesn't exist. Um, so nothing happens fast. You got to put in your time. Um, you got to figure out these things and, and, and gain access and, and hustle. And there's definitely a learning curve. It's not like the rivers that we guide are just, just chalked full of smallmouth and you just, flop a sloppy cast out there and catch a big fish um there's definitely technique to it there's there's time that you got to put in you got to eliminate so much water to find those big fish and like i said it was right at my fingertips so you know i've said it before it's like i'm not the kind of guy that can be like oh i'm just gonna go trout fishing and i gotta drive 200 miles to get there and i'm gonna fish three days and then i'm gonna come home and take off two weeks and then go back up for the next thing it's like it's right here it's in my backyard (laughs) Um, I've got six rivers, you know, within an hour of me, you know, five minutes to an hour. Um, and each one of them is very unique. Uh, none of them are the same, uh, you know, everything from the bottom composition to the way they react to, uh, you know, water, you know, whether it be snow melt or rain or any type of precipitation. Um, it just, it takes a long time to get your finger on the pulse of all that and know where you need to be at any given time. And, you know, that's what I, I love about it, you know, and, and another thing too, with the small fast is like, I really felt, you know, everything worked out perfect because I live here. Um, but it's like a smallmouth bass fishing with a fly rod. There was so much to learn about it, you know, like our, the guys that started this, you know, started fishing with them to fly, you know, the Clouser and, you know, Whitlock and all those guys, they, they took it to a certain level then there were so many unwritten chapters, you know? Um, so just ha- always had, you know, a, I had an attraction to it because there was, there was things to find out. I couldn't just grab a book. I couldn't just, you know, there's just so much to learn about it. And 
that's what really attracted me to smallmouth bass. And then obviously the geographical location to where I reside and, um, they're just a badass fish, man. You know, you guys know that I'll tell you anything, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I love smallmouth bass. <laughs> so, um, nuts to it. Let, let's just get right into the fishing part. Uh, you're yeah. saying, you're saying you like springtime when the water's high. Mm-hmm. How high is too high for you? Is there too high? I mean, it's not too high unless I can't see, you know? So, I mean, if it's like totally blown out and muddy, and like I said, I got, we got six different watersheds to choose from. So if you know how to read the graph and you understand how every river around here reacts to different type of precipitation, you're going to know where to be at that given time. So, you know, we're not set up as a guide service or limited to a river, uh, which really makes it you know, to our advantage, you know, when I first started, I guided one river, you know, and I, you know, I didn't know shit back then. Um, but you know, you, 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 you learn and, and, uh, you know, I'm not scared of anything when it comes to smallmouth fishing, except I would say, uh, cold, dirty water. Right. So if the water's complete chocolate milk and mud and it's freezing cold, go drink a beer, go do whatever else you got going on. Cause you know, the chances of catching fish and without beating your head against the wall are pretty slim um but you know not much scares me with what i you know have figured out over the last 20 years of pursuing these fish so you know you you bring it on man i think the higher the water gets the easier it gets to read i mean unless you just got trees floating down and it's unsafe to go out there but um you know the higher the water the from the the skilled angler and the guy that knows what's up they're going to be able to find those fish because when that happens 99.9% 99.9% of the fish are in 0.01% of the water. Um, so makes it easier, in my opinion. So let's get into some cold water. Um, what are your tactics? I know you guys are still putting on a clinic, right? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously the holidays and, and madness of everything with, you know, some of our guys running steelhead trips and whatnot kind of cuts down on our ability to get out and have someone that can, can row and, and fish in the boat. So, um, we definitely haven't been fishing too much, um, lately. I mean, one day a week, if I'm lucky right now. Um, and it's been so damn warm. It's like, everybody's out doing it right now. Everybody's catching them. So I'm not trying to be cocky, but like, it's pretty easy when the water temps are 44, 45 and it's 60 out, you know, it's been a freak show year this year in the Midwest. So, um, you know, I like to go out and, and try to, do things that I haven't done before and try to figure things out. And we really haven't had that ball on the tee this year. It's been like crazy warm. And I have my hockey rink outside blown up twice in the last three weeks. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's nuts right now. So, um, you know, I like, I like trying to do new stuff and learning new things and trying different techniques, but you know, right now it doesn't matter. The fish, even though it's warm, those fish are potted up on our, on most of our rivers where, you know, you could have a stretch of river that's a quarter mile long. And in some rivers, we have a really low density uh, population of fish. But the size of the fish is, you know, what most people would consider fairly big smallmouth. And those fish will pot up. And you can go down these rivers this time of year and you know exactly where they're going to be. Some rivers are kind of tailor-made where they have long runs and, and pools um, that could hold you know, I don't know, you know, I never electroshocked them, but you know, if we had to gas, you need to go into a pool. I, I fished Justin from, from Adipose, uh, right before, uh, right after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's. And, 
I think we caught a dozen fish and I think seven or eight of them or were out of one pool. Um, you know, in one, one area where we, we had, we had run laps on them where other rivers, you don't have that, that pool kind of scenario where you have more of a shallow water. And it's amazing. Like people have probably heard me say it before, like you'll go out in February, January. And when I first started doing this, we would think that these fish would all be in those deep pools. You got to find the deepest stuff, right? Not so, it's not so true on some of the rivers we guide. Some of these rivers, you could roll over a spot. doesn't matter if it's January, February, and there's fish in two feet of water potted up like on log jams and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, what I thought I knew when I first tried to figure it out with, you know, the guys in the squad, uh, is not, not what you'd think, you know, there's, there's fish in, in skinny water in the, in the winter. And, um, we've had success catching them on swimming bait fish patterns, but we've also had a lot of success fishing them on dumbbell eyed flies, more like jigs and whatnot that you'd, you'd fish. So, uh, every river's different, man, you know, and, uh, you, you just gotta be flexible and you gotta put in the time. And, you know, I always, I, whenever I do presentations on this and guys are interested in the winter stuff, I'm like, you need to burn days just going out and scouting. Like if you're going to go out and just flail around, like you're going to have some success every once in a while. But if you spend a day or two or more rowing over the spot that you think those fish are in, and locating the fish before you put in a lot of effort of actually angling for them, you're going to be in a much better situation than if you just go out there and flail around and, and get your ass kicked a bunch of times, you know? So put in your time scouting when it comes to cold weather fishing, um, you know, definitely limit the amount of water that you're going to fish and don't like go to one spot and go like, Oh, there's nothing there. I'm going to go to the next. They're there. You need to find out exactly where they're at. So, you know, sometimes you got to burn days and, uh, you know, I don't consider it a burn day, but a burn a day of fishing to do some serious scouting and figure out where the fish are holding. Cause I guarantee you, if you find them in December and January and February in an area, especially in the upper Midwest, those fish are going to be there every day for a long, for three months. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> do yeah. you, do you find the fish travel quite a ways to get to the, you know, winter grounds? I think every river is different. Um, with the shortness of, of our days, um, when it comes, you know, around here in the winter, you guys know you're in PA, um, you know, the days are short, man, you know? So like our, one thing I'll tell you is the, the bite window, like is you can set your watch to it, you know, you know, I'm sure it's different for you guys. Cause you guys are way over on the Eastern end of the time zone, but where we're at, it's pretty much one to four. Like that is it. Like it will go from like, I caught nothing. I got one. I got five. I got one. I'm done. You know, it's <laughs> like, it is immediate, you know? And when they go, they go, um, you know, and I'm drawing the majority of my Intel on the winter fishing from three different rivers. There's rivers that I totally just eliminate you know, from our repertoire for the winter time stuff. It's just the floats are too long or they're all like one, like I'm sure people have heard it before, but these fish are majority of the time are on soft bottom. They're not going to be sitting on rocks. So like the super shallow, fast riffly sections that you beat them up on in the summer and then the warmer weather, 
that's not what you're looking for in the winter, you know, from my experience. And I could be wrong. Everyone's different. You know, the guy in Virginia may be sitting there going, what the hell is he talking about? But in Michigan, soft bottom, dark bottom, you know, stuff that bugs are going to be crawling around in in the winter. Um, you know, one observation that I've made over the years when it comes to these winter fish, some of them, especially the big ones, usually they are thick, Right. So maybe their metabolism slowed down, but they're not like a skinny, low water August fish. The fish are fat. They're not quite spring busting at the gut fat, but they're definitely healthy. Yeah, um, you just put a picture you know. of one up that was off the bump board with wise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin, Justin thought I was joking. He's like, dude, should I wear waders? And I was like, do you have bibs? And he's like, I don't have bibs. I'm like, wear waders. And he's like, why? I'm like, because you're going to get out of the boat and you're going to have a 20-inch fish. And I, you know, I was just totally <laughs> shooting from the hip, you know. But he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, dude, we're going to get one. So, yeah, he got a 20 and a half that I didn't, I didn't like, weigh it or anything. But that fish was pushing five pounds, you know, no doubt, busting at the gut. The, earlier in that day, I got a 19 that was, like, not fat at all, you know, fairly skinny. But, you know, that fish to me – and I'm not a wild, I'm not a fisheries biologist, but to me, that was just a, the fish that I caught was just an old fish that had ratty fins. I think one of its eyes was screwed up. It just looked like a fish that was, you know, might make it another year. Maybe, hopefully, it makes it through the winter. But his fish was so clean. Um, and I think he got two 19s that day, too. So, yeah, he got told. Yeah, we ruined him. We ruined him. He's done. He's done. Go back to Montana. <laughs> Dreaming about smallmouth. Right. So uh, are are you fishing all inland fish or some lake run fish or between all the rivers or? Dude, absolutely zero lake run fish. I love when people comment, that's a lake run. It's like, dude, how is it a lake run? There's seven dams. There's six <laughs> dams. Like it's not a lake. It's not a lake run. It's not a lake run. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I look at, you know, lake, like smallmouth, like, it's like you caught a giant brown trout that came out of Lake Michigan compared to you caught a giant brown trout that was caught in a river that is not connected to the Great Lakes. Right? Which one's that more valuable? Oh, oh. Uh, the inland fish. Right? Inland fish. Sure. Yeah, oh, oh, sure. Right? So, yeah, strike me dead. I've never posted a picture of a lake-run smallmouth <laughs> bass out of a river. I have caught lake fish in a lake that I know the difference between a river and a lake. Um that have been, you know, river, lake fish, but like, I've never, like, we just don't do it. It's not, it's not some, my time is, is limited. And what I enjoy doing is fishing for native wild fish in a moving water scenario that is not a lake run. That's what I like doing. Sorry. You know, that's what I like doing. We had Tommy Lynch on about a year ago and he said, you only have so many casts in your life. You might as well make them for the fish you want to catch. Right. Exactly. I can't get Tommy to go fishing with me. Like he will not. He will not. I fish with Tommy a hundred days. He will not go smallmouth bass fishing. Did you, did you tell him the D and D works on smallmouth too? Yeah, dude. He thinks that they're like stupid and they're easy to catch, and it's like you just go out and catch a hundred. Like he thinks he honestly thinks that it cracks me up. You know, and then you get guys oh, like treat. you get guys like like Russell who are just like love trout, but are are just totally just into any fish. And you take him out and you take him down to your river that you know as good as he knows the upper mana or whatever he's on. And he's just geeking out, freaking out that you can just be like, dude, there's going to be a giant right here. And we're going to, 
either catch it or I'm going to roll over it and show you it. <laughs> you know, like it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, swallow bass are rad, man. I mean, anybody can go out and catch a bunch of dinks. Like that's not a problem. We have programs for that. If you want to go out and you want to learn how to smallmouth bass fish and you want to have immediate success, we got a program for that. If you want to go out and hunt a giant and put in the time, like you're a bow hunter and you want to shoot a giant buck, we got that too, you know? So, um, that's what I enjoy spending my time on. You know, I really enjoy, uh, taking people out that probably on their own couldn't do it because the rowing has so much to do with it. And just the knowledge of where the fish are at in the river at any given time, whether the river's flowing at 2000 or it's at a hundred, you, you know, it's, it's, uh, I do that's in my blood. I, I just love it. And I'm going to row a boat until my arms fall off. <laughs> so I know you touched on like jiggy flies, dumbbell, clouser style stuff mm-hmm. for winter. When yeah. do you transition and what's kind of the transition point for you? Like, you know, with like a swing and D or a changer or set other streamer flies. Yeah. Well, when I, are you like, switching with them and, and, and kind of what are you looking for with that? Well, from, from a guiding standpoint, you know, we're going to be on that dumbbell eyed game until probably middle of April. That's not saying that you can't catch them on a swim fly. But if you're out there trying to make money and you're fishing and a guy needs to catch fish, you're going to be throwing the dumbbells, right? So, um, and this would also resemble like your deep midsummer when it's super hot, then, too, correct? I will, dude, once they're once I'm putting the dumbbells away for, um, you know, like I'm like personally done with them by the end of April, not going to throw them ever like done personally i guess you guys do stay substantially cooler that far north than we do huh uh i don't know i mean dude they'll eat a swim fly in like 45 degree water but you'll go like five to one you know if you got a guy that knows how to walk a circus peanut and know how to fish it effectively you're gonna outfish the guy throwing the swim fly five to one i've done it you know like i've had my buddies on the bow that just are just leech whores let them do their thing, catch the snot out of them. I'm sitting in the back going, dude, I saw my knee and you're just catching them, you know, <laughs> swinging the fly. That's cool. The dude, it, to each their own. I just, I value that swim fly. I value that fish that eats the fly. I see the eat. I have that fish engage, follow the fly, whatever it may be. That's what I like. You know, it's like a guy that goes rifle hunting and shoots a 10 point 200 yards out or the dude that shoots it at 10 yards with his bow. You know, I mean, that's, it's, it's to each their own, whatever you want to do. You know, I, I'll put boat fish in the boat nonstop on a dumbbell. I fly during pre-spawn or you can go out and swim it and see it happen. That's cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and you guys, you guys were your, I don't know what rivers you guys are fishing, but you got to remember like to put this in kind of like for the guys out there that are listening to this, our rivers are small, right? So like a river that is running at 2k in the spring ripping is running at 100 at times in the summer so i guess where i was getting with it like with that is like midsummer for us we're talking pushing 80 degree water temps that's when we'll Mm -hmm. drop down deep with you know a lot of like winter type tactics like that too you don't Mm -hmm. find that in your area where like when it when it gets that hot they're still eating swim baits um our water is shallow. Our water is shallow. So, you know, a deep hole in the summer, six feet. Okay. 
right? So it's just totally, it's a totally different environment. So we're, we're shallow water fishing, man. Like our fish will be out in the middle of summer, the hottest the water can get. They'll be cruising around in 18 inches, two feet of water, just doing whatever they're doing, whether they're eating off the back of a turtle or they're sitting in that one little dip that's six inches, three inches, four inches deeper than the rest of the river. And they're just sitting in that little gut, you know, and, and that's years of experience finding those spots and knowing where they're going to be. Um, to fish that are eating off of turtles, uh, to fish that are they're feeding on terrestrials, um, or fish that are feeding on like damselflies and stuff like that. So every river is different. We got some rivers that are, you know, below the lowest dam, but we're talking like 30, 40, 50 miles up. When we got rivers that are just stacked with dams that have, you know, 12 dams on them. And do you use the dams to your advantage? Do you do you guys go fish under the dams? Dude, can't get into it. Personally, I can't. I can't. Okay. It's like, really? I got to listen to that crap? You know? <laughs> yeah. You know? So, I mean, you could do it. There's no doubt that, obviously, everyone out in the world knows that dams concentrate fish, but I'm not about to do circles at a dam. But you can't row your boat over a dam. I can't do it, dude. I don't blame you, man. Do so, with... <laughs> You know, with the diversity of water, you get to fish. <clears throat> what kind of uh, boats are you guys using? I know you guys have a fleet of uh, Smithflies, right? And what uh, else do you guys yeah. have? Yeah, so, you know, Smithflies are nice. Last year, didn't have to use them at all, really, except for the time I did the little video deal with them. Uh, river was, the rivers are hot, you know, still to this day. I mean, they're just, everything is just perfect right now, you know. Um, so this year was awesome. Uh, we really didn't have to use any of our low water sections or different rivers that we go to when the water's really low so you know we were blessed with that kind of got to stick to our normal programs and, and just keep riding that wave um but uh, for all of our guiding like every single guide on staff everybody rose uh clack of craft headhunter 360 um and then uh justin from adipose made us up a just a super sick boat it's a uh one-of-a-kind uh, boat that's a south fork skiff with an adipose interior and then it has casting decks on it so awesome. yeah so i mean i don't have the balls to put a client up there um <laughs> you know but when we go out there and we're mucking it up with the boys it's that's the boat we take um you know it's it's a it's a different style boat it's it's super duper light you know, if I wasn't guiding and doing it for a living, that, you know, that would be my little weapon for, for my personal fishing. Um, it just because the just the comfort and the size of the deck that uh, and then also the physical weight of the boat. Like you could just you could take that boat and drag it over dams or drag it over log jams or, you know, make your own launches like you do with a raft. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure exactly. Uh, the difference in weight between that and the headhunters, but I would say it's 50 to 100 pounds lighter. There's no subfloor in it. Um, just a super duper light boat. And, you know, I'm not the world's strongest man, but I can take that thing and just drag it, you know, one, one person, no problem. Um, so those are the boats that we use. Uh, the Clacker Crafts are laid out really good for, for guiding. Uh, they're super durable boats, great company to work with. Uh, trailers are light. Like I had mentioned before, um, you know, with our rivers, there's, there's not a lot of back down boat ramps and, and launch here arrows. 
Um, so there's a lot of unhooking the trailer, wheeling it around, roping in, roping out uh, that goes into our, our daily programs. So having a super light boat and also a super light trailer is definitely a, a really good tool to have in your quiver. So speaking of your boat launches, are you you fishing public land or is this a like a uh, r- relationship you've built over years? To- mix of both. Mix of both. Yeah, definitely. Mix of both. I mean, it's, uh, it's just, you know, you, you hang around long enough and you run into enough people, you know, in your travels, you know, you, you, you drive a drift boat around Southern Michigan and people are looking at it like it's a spaceship, you know? So, um, you, you know, want that them was, Montana boats. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what is that? Is they got, where's the mass? Where's the sail at? You're like, dude, but yeah, you just, you know, over the years, just, you know, 20 years of beating my head against the wall fishing around here, you, you, you meet people and, and, uh, you know, you do some good things and some good deeds and, and take care of the right people and, and things become easier and easier. And, um, you know, it's, uh, like I said, there's definitely some barriers to entry with our, our programs and, and nothing, you know, in a world that a lot of stuff happens quick, you know, guiding in Southeastern Michigan is not one of them. So, uh, I did see you, you took a trip up north this year. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, every year. Yeah. So how's that go? What What's your target species up there? I saw you got to fish with Chris. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I've, you know, for I think eight years now, maybe nine, uh, I've been going up and fishing with the boys at Tight Lines. Uh, I do a trip in June and a trip in August. And then I usually do uh, another fun trip where I'm not with clients and, and go do something rad. So we've done everything from uh, this year. I went up and fished with Chris on his home waters. He's he's up on the Flambeau and the Chippewa up in Wisconsin. I've, I've done the upper Mississippi um, and then uh, do that stuff that, you know, up the tight lines runs. So that's, you know, where I get. The vast majority, if I like, it's very rarely that I get to go somewhere and fish for like five days or, you know, or six days or four days, whatever, for smallmouth fishing in a row where I'm actually with someone that knows how to row a boat and, uh, you know, is contributing to the, uh, to the, to the program. Um, and that's, you know, a couple of weeks a year, I get to go do that. And, uh, definitely, uh, the vast majority of the big fish that I catch are when I can put in personally, when I can put five or six days in. Uh, of fishing with people that know what's up so yeah i cherish every moment i get to fish with chris and and Corey from the shop uh cory hasselman we call him the sled dog he's my my sales manager um and then uh, james hughes my head guide so uh, whenever i get to go fish with those dudes it's uh it's awesome it's rare and as the shop grows and and we get busier and busier those those days are uh, few and far between unfortunately but uh, when I have that time, it's it's usually some of the best days of the year I get to spend on the water. So you you said you have two boys coming of age. Have you taught them to row you you around? Let dad fish a little bit. Yet? <laughs> yeah, well, I have I have a I have a three year old named Dylan, and I have a just turned eight uh, Tanner, and uh, he uh, Tanner enjoys rowing. Both of them get out with me. Tanner's a pretty savage angler when it comes to throwing the Ned rig and. Uh, his favorite lure is the whopper plopper. So, <laughs> All right. yeah, yeah. So, so tan man likes to do that stuff. I just recently, my wife and I had the opportunity to get him down to Louisiana for a few days before my clients came in and uh, bear Holman absolutely ruined them. We, we boated over 50 redfish 
in a day. And, uh, yeah, my kid, he's ruined forever. So thanks to bear. Um, but yeah, man, I, like, I, you know, obviously I love guiding and I love seeing, uh, people catch fish and, and have a good time. But, you know, there's obviously for the fathers out there, you, you guys all know that there's, there's something special about, uh, having your kid be excited about things that you love and, and being able to put them on, on fish or, um, you know, or whatever, share your experiences in sports and, and see them excel. So, um, yeah, I can, you know, hope, hope that they continue their love for the outdoors and continue their love to fish and, and, uh, put the time in for their skills to develop and, and, uh, you know, hope, hope something I get to do until I die with them. So your boy was still able to pick up a hockey stick after catching 50 reds in a day. Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he was pretty sore. We almost, uh, it was kind of funny. We, I was down there with, with Eric and Mo Newman, uh, journey South. And, uh, you know, I called Eric a few days before and I was like, dude, I, I don't want to bring rods down. You know, what do you got? And he's like, dude, I got a whole, whole tackle shot full of rods, you know? And, you know, we're, we, I'm a left hand retrieve on my bait caster, on my fly, on my spin. And my, my kids are the same. So usually wherever you go, they, they only have only have right hand retrieve. So, um, Tanner, even at age seven, he was fairly proficient with those uh, Shimano Corrado DCs. So once I got him onto a, a bait caster, it made my life a whole lot easier. Because if you, for the fathers out there, you know, you take your kid out with a spinning rod and and uh, have him chuck a Ned Rigger or a Whopper Plopper around, you're going to be about thirty to fifty feet up in the tree at any given moment. So <laughs> when he get, he he got proficient with that DC, I was like, man, we're taking this down red fishing. And uh, we get down there and we go into Eric and Mo's tackle room and Eric's like, take whatever you want. And Tanner just goes right up to the rack and just grabs a Shimano Conquest, which is a $650 bait caster. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I'm like, Eric, really? He's like, ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So we get out there that day. We just, just roasted them and, um, like it was stupid. Like you could drop a, a jig head off the side with no rubber on it and, and catch a fish. You know, it was just one of those days, like it's never going to happen again. And, uh, Tanner's, we're having a great time. We tripled, I think six times and, and, uh, he's kind of getting worn out and he just flips this jig head off the side of the boat and it just gets smoked like two seconds after it hits the water. And that rod went off the side of the boat, hooked under his t-shirt the butt end of it and it just donald the rod and it's in his shirt <laughs> <laughs> like 300 dollars reel 650 bait caster and i never moved so fast in my life i grabbed that thing and he ended up uh end up landing it but uh yeah just uh you know the, the things that happen when you take young kids out and when you're on them it's uh you know stuff that's going to be forever burned in your brain so take kids fishing you know, burn a few days and, and, uh, take that neighbor kid or your cousin's kid or whatever out and expose them to the outdoors. I, I guarantee it'll be worth your time. In your day-to-day guiding, do you get to take many, uh, other people's kids out? Uh, not as much as I used to. Yeah. I mean, 95% of my guiding is, is repeats. Um, you know, kind of guys that know the programs or guys that I meet at shows or wherever that are just totally geeked out on it. And you just kind of, if you've done it long enough, you know that the guy's in it for the right reasons. And you're like, ah, I'm going to make some room for that guy in my schedule. So, 
Um, you know, some of the guys I started guiding in the early 2000s, some were, are definitely getting older. Their their uh, their skill levels have diminished, or they have retired, and now they moved to South Carolina or Florida. So this is like one of the first years I had three of my guys that I, you know, guide quite often that are gone. So I've, I've started popping some of the, the, the younger dudes that I, I feel are, you know, I, I gel with and have a good time with that are in it for the right reasons that I, that I'll pop into my schedule. But yeah, most of it's repeats, man. Like, don't get me wrong. I love, I like that. You know, I've got like my, my, uh, my son's uh, baseball coach, his kids into the outdoors. And I, I definitely plan on carving out a day or two for him this year. And, um, but yeah, it's not like it used to be. I got my own kids to, <laughs> uh, you know, take out and, and get dialed in and untangle their messes. And oh yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah, there's definitely a few backlashes in our uh, in our repertoire. So when you're down south uh, chasing the reds, are you throwing swim flies at them also? Uh, with with my son, the the few the couple days I had the, the th- with him, I I was throwing uh, whopper ploppers, uh, swim baits. Um, you know, just having a blast, you know, you're throwing three, three people are casting out of a bay boat. It's, it's, it's kind of, uh, kind of a little hectic, but the day that I, the day that we just smoked them, uh, you know, bears like, where's your fly rod? And, you know, and I'm like, dude, I didn't bring it. He's like, you're a good dad. And we get out there and just, just dusted them. We could have used, could have threw a piece of gum out there and caught one. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, uh, with the kids, I, I definitely Tanner caught, he's caught fish on fly. Um, but it's more of a springtime thing where you can throw dumbbell eyed flies and swing, you know, swing them versus actually actively moving the fly. He's, uh, he caught a giant smallmouth this year and you guys will love this story. Um, it was right before he went back to school. We had a, a ridiculous, uh, we have a pretty ridiculous hex hatch on some of the rivers that we guide that goes for a long time. Like we're talking a couple months of bugs and, uh, you know, typical, like I, I look for any excuse I can to fish, not going to lie. So, you know, it's like Tanner, my, my wife, she's like, you know, what are we doing tonight? We got the night open. I'm like, Hey, you know, Tanner's got to go back to school in like a week. And, you know, these hexes are popping off and, you know, like I, I really want to show it to him, you know? And she's like, all right. So we end up going to this particular spot and, and I motored into the area where they're going to be. And he'd never done it before. He had seen hexes, but we're talking like, the local river has a few bugs where we went. It's stupid. Right. So we get in there and there's just monster hexes just flying all over the place. And he immediately, like, it's a pretty simple program. Like they're, the fish are, um, they eat boogle bugs instead of eating the hex. Right. So, um, little pecker head gets a 19 and seven eights. Like it was 19, and, <laughs> it was 19 and 15, 16. And, uh, I wouldn't give it to him. You couldn't pinch that tail a little bit further for him, dad? No, no. I mean, it was, he was, it was maxed out. And like, I mean, I didn't catch a 20 inch river fish till I was in my twenties. So, um, that not, he ain't catching one at seven. So, um, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, he doesn't know it yet, but my boy, Matt Stockton just, just whipped him up a sick painting, uh, with that fish in it uh that he painted off a picture but yeah tan man got himself a 19 and 15 16 and we're not giving him 20 um until he until he actually earns it but um never forget it man take kid fishing like i said earlier um it, it, it's some of the best memories i've had so far i got my first one this year with jay this past season and it was a memorable experience 
Oh, yeah. Like, yeah we man. fought so long. It's like couple 19s, and I was like, you know what? No, it's, it's not there. We got we to gotta get it. Oh, yeah. No doubt, man. Like, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, it, I, like, we'll go uh, 10 to 1 is, is, the, is the ratio for us. 10 19s to 120. Um, you know, this year we put 25 in the boat as a guide staff. Um, I think our best year ever was 28. And uh, that particular year had a magical day where uh, my, my head guide, Husey, uh, him and his, his one of his top clients, they put five in the boat <laughs> in, in one day. And uh, the biggest fish that day was 22. That's still and, uh, that's still 280, 19 inches. I don't I don't think them 20 inches <laughs> even count. After yeah, that. <laughs> dude, it's yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know about that year, but this year. It, like the early season stuff, when you get into that pre, uh, that pre spawn bite, it is it is eight to ten to one. It, it's it's crazy, and and there's a lot of fish on our waters that are nineteen and three quarters, a lot of them. And if you throw a tape measure on them, like a soft tape measure, they're twenty. You put them on the bump board, they're nineteen and seven eighths, or they're nineteen and three quarters. You know the bump board, bump board don't lie. So, you know, when you're laying mono across them and going, I got a 20, eh, well, each their own. But uh, you put them on a bump board, it's a different game. So all the ones that you, you call 20 have been bumped? Bumped. Bumped. Yeah, bump board life. Bump board life. <laughs> I, I mean, I would say uh, probably running the bumps for five years. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Up until that point, we were throwing them on, you know, a, a sticker tape measure on the side of the boat. Not like lay on your and where your, your rods would lay. Yeah. So not not quite a bump, but I mean, still those guys surface. out there. Yeah, for the flat surface for sure. So if you if you're out there doing it and you want the true indication of what that fish truly is, go online, buy yourself a 1995 bump board, and you're gonna be humbled pretty quick. Do you? Uh, what throw... is it? Thirty incher? Thirty inch bump board? Uh, I don't know what they are. I just <laughs> buy them off uh, eBay because half the time they fly out of my boat anyways when I'm driving down the highway. So I lose them. Do you throw so. girth measurements on any of certain fish or if they're extremely fat? Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, man, like it's pretty rare that those fish are over five pounds in our rivers. Even the ones that you see and you're like, holy smack. Like people be like, what's that? Seven pounds? Like, dude, you're just, like two pounds off. Just a big you long know? fish. Yeah. You know, our fish are really, um, you see it, you know, like I've had these discussions with Blaine and Willie and you bigger, know our bigger nor- frame versus body size weight ex- wise ex- exactly yeah mm-hmm. so like you know Blaine will get those super long boys but they're they're not they're not as gir- not you know he caught a freak show this year which was nuts but majority of his fish are not they don't have the girth that our fish have like our fish are like girthy you know and they very rarely like so 25 to this year over 20 uh, three were 21 or better no 22s we've only caught one 22 ever you know in the history of the shop so and it was in that five um, five 20 fish day that was before the bump board though <laughs> Disqual- uh, disqualified was, yeah right you know yeah i don't i know i think that was in the bump board era you know <laughs> <laughs> Put a big asterisk next to that one. You should, have, you should have BB and AB before bump board and after bump board. Right? Dude, I totally agree. I totally agree. The bump board era, that's the only thing that counts. Have you guys poked a 20 <laughs> topwater? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, definitely. A lot, you know, like once you get past, I would say first week of June in our waters, anything that you're going to get that's big is going to be on top water. Water gets so low that it's very difficult to fool them subsurface unless you're throwing like a, a crafty changer or something and you got your arm tucked and you're just burning that thing before you get dusted. Um, the most majority of our fishing outside of that stuff we do up in northern Michigan and northern Wisconsin is going to be very finesse. Um, you got to earn them after that period, you know, so it's a lot of sight fishing there. We've got, I think, I think there was three fish taken this year on terrestrials that were pushed over 20, like for sure over 20. And the, all those fish were sight fished. Um, and that was like two mm, X to three X tippet, six weights. Huh. You know, that's nerve wracking. That's, you know, when you hook, you button that thing up, it's like, Oh, this is going to be fun. You're fishing a, a very large fish and, at that point, you are definitely at a disadvantage tangling with a fish of that size and the size rivers that we fish on hair tippet. It's it's not fun, and you guys will get to see it. There's some we did a couple of days of filming. Um, it's I don't know when we're gonna release it. They're working on it right now, but um, I hook a fish and I actually throw a temper tantrum after it. Um, <laughs> that that was that was hooked on three X and a terrestrial that was on like it was like multiple fish on a turtle and it doesn't happen very often that out of the you know five fish that are on that turtle the biggest one somehow gets to it it's usually the rat in the back that just makes some crazy maneuver and goes around all the other ones and and gets it you catch a 16 when there's you know four fish over 18 in the pod and uh we had a crazy day. Husey, Husey got a 19 and like seven eights on the terrestrial. And then I got my bow time and I poked this fish and the guy that was with us shooting the video got everything like over my shoulder fish, just cartwheeling. And then just came came unbuttoned after like 30, 40 seconds of fighting it. So it happens. And I can't believe my rod didn't break. Thank God I had a Loomis. <laughs> there you go. There's a little plug. <laughs> oh, dude! No. Most durable rods, most durable rods on the planet, no doubt. So I broke a lot of rods. <laughs> you've mentioned something a couple of times that we're we're all kind of scratching our heads at turtles. Uh, are you fishing them like uh like they do rays down in uh the Chesapeake Bay? Like uh yeah, I mean like so you know the turtle game is another thing that's very limited. You could say we have like you know forty floats that we do and maybe four to five of them are good for that turtle thing. And uh, it's, it's like you pretty much from a program standpoint, you're set up like you're bone fishing and uh, you're not casting unless you see the fish. So definitely have to have the right client and the right mindset with the right skill set to do that. But it's extremely rewarding. And I guarantee if you take a day to do it and we have the right conditions and we're not going to do it unless we have the right conditions, you got to be able to see. So if you have the right conditions, which, you know, for most smallmouth anglers are going to go, man, it's like bright, sunny, and no one wants to go out and fish. And this is going to be impossible. That is the day you want to go do it. And you just want to take your time and just relax and just be loose and go down that river. And that's when we're going to be fishing from an elevated platform. If you're standing in the boat uh, on the floor, you are at a disadvantage. 
and you just cruise down the river and fish the slowest you ever fished in your life, which is totally not my personality and not the way I prefer to roll. But I've screwed up so many times during that period and got my ass handed to me so many times during that period that I forced myself to do it. And over the last four or five years, Hughes and I, my, my, my man, Hughesy, we've just dedicated some time during that period to really focus on it. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're fishing to fish that are, that are feeding off of soft shell turtles and the, the turtles could be in, in log jams feeding. They could be on a gravel flat feeding, but what we found with doing it a lot is you find areas that we just call them turtle lands. And they're just areas that those turtles tend to be and just higher percentage, you know, spots. And you can eliminate the water that those turtles and the fish are going to be in by the bottom substrate. And you just, you just focus on that area. And the fish are just eating off the turtle eggs and the uh, turtles are all spawning. Nope. Nope. The turtles are actually grubbing in the rocks and they're, they're ripping through it. You know, they could be eating, Kicking you know, up I guess, I guess turtles. I guess turtles spawn uh, and lay eggs above the ground. I'm an asshole. That was stupid. Hey, yeah. no worries, <laughs> man. Okay, go ahead. Jim. Fucking guy hasn't watched enough Magic School Bus yet, so. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're dude. They're feeding off. They're feeding on bugs. I'm sure. Like I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a wildlife biologist, but I would think that they Obviously probably dig in there. Yeah, and pop pop uh, crayfish and different bait fish, and also huh. eat bugs and and larvae and all kinds of crazy stuff. So yeah, they're in there just grubbing around. And, you know, if you're looking for a tip out of this whole thing is it don't spook the turtle. Um, the smallmouth are like turtle drunk and just like staring at the at the back end of the turtle that like they don't really like a bird will fly over and they're not going to freak out. You know, um, whereas if they're just cruising around on their own, if a hawk flew over or an eagle or an osprey, they would dart to the to the wood. But they're so fixed on the on the rear end of that turtle that they're just locked in and then also you know the the perfect scenario is you roll into a spot that has the turtle feeding and then you have multiple fish not just one so now you got you know tom larry and joe and it's like that whatever kicks out of there behind that turtle they're all going to be fighting competing for that particular piece of food um so yeah man it's a cool program it's uh you know something that we kind of just stumbled upon and saw and um, uh, Robert Thompson was able to capture some of it in, uh, the, the DVD spay days. So there's definitely some turtle fishing in there where that was like four or five years ago. And that was before we even figured out that they would eat a terrestrial. So what we were doing was we were throwing small feather changers, like two and a half, three inch feather changers to them, which obviously you guys have fished enough to know that like flopping a streamer on those fish that are feeding behind the turtle is a little more disruptive than dropping a foam terrestrial on them, you know? So we kind of fine tune that game from throwing the streamer, which was, you know, make a good cast. It was splat. And half the time they would bust to laying a, you know, a meaningful, delicate finesse cast on those fish and getting them to come up and, and, and sip it. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool when you got one fish on them, they'll they'll come up and they'll tip on that thing and sometimes they'll fall back and the water is so clear that you just see those peck fins just tipping and it's like a damn brown trout in new zealand they're just falling back in the current and deciding if they're going to eat it to where there's multiple fish on it it's like it hits and they're all moving towards it at one time 
you know, so it's a pretty cool thing, man. Like I, you know, if someone told me this five, like 10 years ago, I'd been like, Hey, whatever, dude, <laughs> what, what are you smoking? So, so does like you a know? crayfish pattern work well too? Like it was fleeing away from the turtle. I'm sure it would work. It's just getting that fly to that fish. And then, and, and, and like, how hard is it to throw a, a dumbbell fly or a cone head to fly accurately versus throwing something that's, you know, you got a 10 foot leader and you're stretching it out and it's, it's a foam fly landing on the water, fairly soft, you know? So you just, you put in the odds in your favor using something that's a little more finesse, those little tiny, um, flyman, uh, pre-made finesse changers. Those things are lights out for it. Cause they, when they, when you pick them up off the water, they shed the water. And then when it, you know, when it lands, it lands fairly soft. Um, so if you're not a fly tire, there's your bullet, you know, <laughs> go out there and, 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 and use that. I like the tans and the whites and that. Um, so have you, yeah, dude, it's a cool thing. All the talking to different guys around the country that you do, is anyone else doing that? The turtle fishing? Uh, um, yeah, I've heard, I've heard, I mean, I can't like, up, you know, shoot from the hip. I can't tell you a person that does it, but, um, you know, I've heard other people when we've talked about this, like, oh, yeah, I see that, you know, but I think it's, uh, you know, it's something that you just have to dedicate some time to. And, and like I was talking earlier about the winter scouting, like you got to kind of just like say, I'm not going to cast at those fish. I'm going to kind of watch them and observe them, you know, and kind of burn that opportunity to to, you know, witness what's going on and, and, and gain some firsthand knowledge and, and, you know, expertise with it. Like it's like a you know, any fish that you're going to throw at, like there's a definitely a proper spot for the fly to land versus just slapping it on their head. Um, you know, so I'll, we will usually call up a little bit short of them. So if the fish is looking upstream, you're going to throw it, you know, uh, short and upstream. Uh, you know, if you're fishing boats going downstream river, right, you're seeing this go down, you're going to throw just short to the right of the fish. And it's peripheral where they're going to make a move on it versus dropping it on their head or dropping it way upstream. You kind of want to, um, you know, the, the uh, lay it way up and, and um, expect them to, to, to see it as they're, they're um, glued on that fish and, and drop it to them, you know, 15, 20 feet ahead of them. And then just like feed it to them. That fish isn't going to respond the same way as if you drop it 10 feet short of them off their right side in that scenario where they feel it splat. Um, you'll get these fish to move 15, 20 feet if that fly hits the water fairly hard. Like if you see those big dragonflies and flying around on our rivers, they're big club tails and they're, they're, they're fairly large. So, you know, it doesn't happen often, but when those things do hit the water, it's, it creates quite the little ring, you know? And, and yeah. obviously when they're, when they're buzzing around and their wings are trying to get off that water, it's, it's a vibration. And we all know what, you know, the lateral line does for those fish. So, um, yeah, dude, it's, it's a cool thing. You got, I mean, if you have the opportunity to do it, get out there and try it. Cause it's, it's really rewarding and, um, you know, put a little bit of time into it. You'll figure it out. Jason's going to be at home tying soft shell flies. Mim- mimic, <laughs> yeah, right? mimic baby soft shells to catch eggs, big, baby. big, small yeah. mouth. Well, he knows how to tie to eggs. Man. I'll give him that, though. <laughs> I got some. I got some. Some cream uh, McFly foam here next to me right now. I'll whip up a big old turtle egg. <laughs> Feed them small mouth the turtle eggs. Soft. Hey, yeah, right. Only the soft shell kind. <laughs> so, do you, do you do much in like riffles with helgramites or anything of that nature too? 
I uh, can't get into it, man. I don't think I don't think the bigger fish really enjoy that kind of water. You know, I mean, I maybe too in much the, work. In the, yeah, yeah. I mean, our our fish are, dude. Our rivers don't move fast. They're not fast. You know, it's uh, it's not, um, it's not what you know. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are fishing, but you know, all the fish we catch are, they're not the big ones. They're not in fast water at all. Are you could throwing... be could be different elsewhere. Are you throwing the Helgramites behind the turtles? Uh, that definitely has been talked about, but we haven't, uh, I mean, I dude, there's, I haven't had a chance to really get on that voice and crank lately to do like wild stuff that isn't proven. You get but, your buddy uh, Blaine to get you some of them Helgramite changers. That'd be right? money. Yeah, I got, I have one and I spanked him up in the, in the UP with, uh, Corey last August on him. Um, but again, it's like, dude, like, I mean, I like the lights on, man. I like to see it happen. So, um, you know, that, that works. There's definitely times there's, there's some spots on those rivers. We fish up there. that are like big shoots that are just stupid. You know, we're talking rivers that are pushing, you know, five, six, 7,000 CFS. And you got a riffle that has a big dump pool in it. It's like, let's go in there and like, you know, pad the stats here and get one. <laughs> um, you know, and that's how you do it. You throw a dumbbell, I fly in there and it's like, Oh, there he is. You know? Um, and actually it's like, yeah, I mean, the, the, those spots definitely hold fish. I caught my biggest, per, personally, the biggest smallmouth I've ever, river smallmouth I've had in my hand um, uh, that I personally, you know, caught with, with a rod and reel was, uh, was in an area like that. And uh, the two guys that I was with, I was with my buddy Corey and another buddy Nick, and they had both caught a couple nice fish. And I had just bought a brand new swim bait rod, like, like, like a gear rod right like yeah a nice reel for it and like i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna like swim some seven and a half inch swim bait like to see what they'll do and brand new rod never used it in my life they caught two big fish i'm like all right i'm up and rolling for an hour and a half two hours not even ready to go yet anchors dropped and we're in this big plunge pool and i grabbed this seven and a half inch savage swim bait big ass thing with a feathered treble on it you know just savage lure chuck this thing out never made a cast with this rod in my life and drag wasn't set properly and just launched this thing to start cranking it and got hit like on the third crank and just keep cranking it and get hit on like the fifth crank and i button this thing up and it's 21 and three quarters um and i caught it on a damn lure but that makes you feel really good no oh, yeah i was just like <laughs> I got a couple photos and just kind of like let it go. I'm just like, wow, that was easy. All right, can I row again? <laughs> right, you know. So yeah, I like personally, I've uh, I caught a 21 personally, but I've never got personally anything over that. I've, I've guided people to to fish that were sub 22, but I, I've never never held one over 21 that I actually caught, except for that damn one on a seven and a half inch swim bait. <laughs> So, Mike, we've had you on the phone for quite a while. Is there anything that we haven't hit on that, that you want to hit on? Dude, whatever you guys want to talk about, I don't care. I'll talk for days. Um, whatever. Yeah, no, dude, it, it's all good, man. I just, uh, I'll talk fishing until the cows come home. Cool, man. Um, what You mentioned demo days. That comes up in June. What what goes on yep. with that? Uh, demo days is our, like, our most, uh, our biggest event of the year at the shop. 
you know, it's pretty much like, like most of our events that we do, it's really built around education and feeding people as much information as possible. And uh, that takes place the, the first weekend in June every year. So uh, all our, our reps um, in the Midwest, they come out, you know, you got, you got Sims there, you got Loomis, you got Sage, you got Scott, you got Ross, you got Hatch, you got everybody there, scientific anglers and whatnot. And it's just a big party, man. So there'll be classes going on all day Saturday and all day Sunday. Um, last year we had uh, you know, chocolate cane and uh, we had Hillary Hutchinson. We had Oliver. Uh, so we'll usually bring in, uh, you know, some big name, big name folks and uh, just, you know, just give as much information as possible. So um, it, it kind of works out pretty cool for the, for the consumer, for the client. They, they pay a fee to go to the class, but they get that fee back in shop credit. So like you pretty much get paid to learn. So you sign up for the class could be 25 bucks, could be 35 bucks, could be 50 bucks, but you come to the class, you take the class, you complete the class you come back into the shop and boom, you got a dollar figure on your account for whatever you, uh, you paid to get in it. So, um, you know, doing the classes for free, you're going to run into those guys that don't show up. So making a pay up front, a little skin in the game, I take the class to get the money back and product. So that way the um, butt fills the seat, right? Exactly. So yeah, we get very few people that don't show up when that happens. Um, so yeah, so, you know, it, it's just a big party. We have a, a right, directly across the river from the shop. We have a big parks called Riverside park and all the reps set up over there and all the classes take part over there. So it could be everything from a, a double hall class to a, you know, musky specific class, smallmouth class, spay class, whatever. And it just gives people uh, access to some, you know, world-class instructors that uh, otherwise they wouldn't have access to. Uh, we usually run some promos that weekend and some exclusives and, um, you know, works out for, for everybody. So this year it's, uh, like it is every year, it's the first weekend of June. And then there's a, a, a pretty badass party at my house afterwards. We have all the, the talent come and have a big bonfire and, and barbecue and, uh, like-minded individuals get to talk and drink some beers and it's amazing what comes out of that. Drink some of that, uh, Michigan craft beer, right? Yeah, man, no doubt, no doubt. I'm I'm uh, enjoying some uh, Sheboygan Brewing Company Blood Orange Honey right now. It's that sounds delicious. <laughs> it is great. <laughs> like I said, make makes me want to drink beer again. Hell yeah, man! I'm sorry about your January. I know, I know. Um, actually, Mark and myself were doing deer tails today. Uh, we said hairline is like the Anheuser Busch of doing deer tails. We're like the bells. Uh-huh. Okay. I think we did 128 Bell- today. Nice, nice man. Bells is the bomb. I'm bells? a big fan of the bells. Yeah, big it, fan. How's the the craft scene around your place? I know the uh, oh, they're at, the west side everywhere, man. Popping. It's everywhere. Yeah, I mean we've got the shop right across the street. There's a brewery, microbrew. There's, I mean they're everywhere. There's there's Jolly Pumpkins in town right down the street from my house. There's yeah, it's nuts. There's a lot of craft brews. I, I don't know how they all make money. There's a lot of beers out there right now. Yeah. Guys like Chad, except for this January, that's how they're making money. <laughs> Filling up on it. Got, no what? doubt. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely uh, don't take January, February, or March off on the beer drinking. That's usually where I put on my winter weight and, uh, and give you a reason to work. Season. Give you a reason yeah, to right? work in the no. spring, right? Work a little harder. No, no doubt, man. Yeah, we, we definitely, uh, I'll drop 10, 10 pounds easily uh, come March. Yeah, rowing's not an easy sport, man. 
No, it's it's not, man. It's not. But you know, you get the right oars and the right boat, and makes things a lot easier. There's some boats out there that I don't know how the guys do it, man. Some of those barges people are pushing around is just insane. I have a a barge. It's a 15 foot homemade, like a Mackenzie style drifter. It, there it you is, go. It's heavy and it it's slow, but it it's nice and comfortable. It's big. It's, it's uh, you don't have to buy a gym membership. Exactly. It's a plus That's plus. It. Definitely. Yeah, it, you get your uh, your upper body going there, but nothing nothing helps that beer for him. He he needs some pedals in the bottom of that damn thing. <laughs> fat jokes, fat jokes. Yeah, hey I man. So. I hope you don't get fatter from stopping drinking because <laughs> you know, like when smokers quit, it, it, you you get fatter, man. You're gonna look funny as hell. I definitely have seen that before. <laughs> So man, well hey, I think we're gonna let you get going. We got we got a couple of kids of our own. We gotta go put to bed. So uh, thank you very much for your time, and it's been a pleasure, Mike. Awesome, brother. You guys have a good one. Uh, holler if you guys ever come out this way. And uh, yeah, man, pleasure to be on. And thanks a lot for the opportunity. And uh, hopefully we can do it again in a couple more years when I uh, figure some more stuff out. Cool, man. Hey, uh, throw some plugs out for your shop and your Instagram and all that. Yeah, just uh, Schultz Outfitters. You know, we're on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is Schultz Outfitters, Mike Schultz. Uh, pretty much do all the social media stuff myself. So just whenever I'm not busy, it goes up. So uh, give it a like, give it a follow. Um, we got a Schultz Outfitters customer form. It's, uh, it's on Facebook. It's kind of a little hidden secret dealio, but uh, just type in Schultz Outfitters customer form in your Facebook search, uh, search there and uh, – if you're not some crazy person from the middle of nowhere in the world, we'll uh, let you slide in. And uh, that's usually where you're going to get the first opportunity at classes and events and, and specials that we run. So, uh, yeah, that's about it, man. Pretty, uh, I guess I'm pretty boring. They <laughs> <laughs> call it normal. Yeah, normal. Yeah, there you normal. go. Instagram, Facebook. So how's that cinnamon roll chased with fucking lager taste? Oh, it tastes amazing. Like a... Great cinnamon roll chased with a great lager. <laughs> the only problem was I put the cinnamon roll in the microwave for about 10 extra two Does seconds. Does it make it feel like your breakfast again? Or? I burnt the roof in my mouth a little bit. There you go. Ruined you. <laughs> That's like eating pizza so, hot pizza. I got one couple things. Tie, tying some game changers I was mentioning earlier. They're looking great, Chad. Lane one's going to catch, you, catch you a fish, Chad. We were talking about a minute ago. Even if we got to put a little bit of lead on there to get us down. Or, or, net. or like so, I said, a tungsten bead back right above the bend of the hook. Any of the, any all of the above. I like the only reason I like the the lead on the on the line is you could take it off and it's interchangeable and you can make it work for what you want it for, you know, and just put it on off. But the, PJ, our good buddy PJ, fish with him all the time. He he messages me the other day. He goes, "Hey, my net that I have." Is on Amazon for forty nine ninety nine again, and th- his net's a nice wooden net with a rubber rubber basket. It's perfect for the boat. It's perfect size as long as you don't drop it out of the side like you did last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Okay, so <laughs> they have some cool <laughs> magnets that would be nice to hook so up with that. I tell my wife, I say she she does all the Amazon buying. I, I don't have the app to get on there to swipe it because it, it would just go bad. So I tell her the swipe right. I tell her. <laughs> 
You could, you know how you like when you the, buy on Amazon, you the, go like you just like swipe the thing to the right and it buys the thing for you, right? Swiping right's the wrong app. That's, oh, I, I, that's Tinder. However you buy on on Amazon, <laughs> but you the, the same thing on, on on Amazon. So I tell her, I'm like, hey, there's this net. PJ messaged me. Would you get on Amazon and buy the net? Oh yeah, I'm going on Amazon. I'm gonna buy the net. Did you get a mini version? Hold on, no, no, no. Days go by. A couple days go by. You know, I go back on Amazon and I look at the net again and it's out of stock. You know, I'm like, you went on Amazon. You bought that net, didn't you? One of those should have been mine. You went, well, yeah, exactly. This is what I'm getting. Like, you bought that net. You know, I, I, they said it was. They said it was out of stock, but they would have more in. And you could actually buy them at that point. And then when I looked again, they were out of stock. And no, they had no idea when they are getting any more in. So, you know, did you buy that? Oh, oh, I, I totally forgot. I'll do it right now. And I'm like, too late. There is no right now. Right now is gone. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. You know, and just went through the whole spiel. And I'm like, oh, man, I should have done it myself. So, but they have a, they have. Well, did you learn anything? <laughs> yes. Go on her phone and. Break into the Amazon machine and buy it myself. Or just tell Alexa to fucking do it for me. That's what I'm going to do next time. <laughs> Alexa, your, buy your this fucking got net. Amazon, too. Yeah, I know, but I don't have the thing all hooked up to our accounts where it's just... It's all so right, we, pull I, your fucking card out, buddy. Type some I numbers know, in. I know. I probably just should have done it. I should learned, have a prime again. account. I should have just done it myself. Well, here, what do you think of this? There's, so there's it a, took you six months to send a broken rod back. I got a prime what, account. You could have told me to... Which one? You're vaping. Oh, the vaping. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got two more I'm going to send back. Exactly. That I'm send back. Which one? <laughs> no, which one? Uh, and yeah. a real. Well, oh, we're, we're, not, we're not piling on me. We're piling on my wife right now, all right? Not on me. I, I know my problems, Mark. I know what they are. Speaking of piling on your wife. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I, I uh, you, you had to have got a little piece on uh, New Year's Day because I was making her hot with my sexy body. Oh, I'm I was, sure. I was rubbing my belly. You you had your head in your hands because you're all hungover. Yeah, like, that's, that's I'll how turn I it remember you on. I was rubbing my belly with my shirt off. <laughs> my wife's like, put that away. <laughs> Jason was sitting there like he had sex with three extra fat girls. Oh, he, was, uh, he looked like he regretted oh, everything. Oh, man, dude. I, I, I regretted that whole, oh, man, that was, that was bad. <laughs> I, I I slept the whole next day, but uh, he was there waiting for so, them to no, cook. No, ha- but I have though. a question. I have a question for you guys. Okay, I think that net measures in at I think it's like forty four, uh, something close to that forty eight, forty four by sixteen by one. You know what I mean? the The large size is fifty three long. Do you think that's too long for the vote? Yeah. Yes. It's only, but it's only seventeen wide, so it's only like one the, more inch in the, the basket. What's the hoop? What's the basket size? That's what's That's, no, most important. Only one more inch wide. He's talking the depth of the basket, probably. I don't. I'm not sure. No, I mean like the hoop. What's no? The, it's it's only one more inch bigger than the other one, than the medium. You you just told me a fifty some inch. That's not the no, dimension no, of no, the no fifty long. Okay, that's a handle. Handle so, and to top of the net. Yeah, but I'm saying so. What's the basket on it? Like what's seventeen inches wide? Is the is the net? Well, I that's don't know wide. how deep. I don't know how deep the like, basket is. How long of. is the yeah, the hoop. opening I of it? I guess so. It's like an egg op- egg shaped yes. opening then. Yes. I would just go with the medium with your boat and not having that net being able to be collapsible. Yeah, I I told my wife we could buy the longer one. I could just chop the you know ten inches of handle off, but. Too bad you didn't know a carpenter. Yeah, I don't know one. I might even be able to route the end of it to make it look nice. 
No, you wouldn't. You'd chop it off flat, and it'd stay like that for 20 years. How much is that regular, that net, that, like 70 or one, 80? The one that uh, PJ had sent me was forty nine ninety nine. which well, I that, mean, that, that was a cheap. deal price. You've seen it. Yeah, the, the other one is even on sale. The large one, it's uh, 60 no, no, it's seventy, sixty nine ninety nine. Them Rhino ones too, or you look at them. I thought they quit making those. I thought the guy quit doing it. No, I was just on there the other day. He's still going. Okay. They have one for it's like a two hander for trout like that. It's nice. I want to say there's just like seventy five or eighty five with the woven handles yeah. for. I'd like mm. to have the two hand, the the longer net. Just get the cheapest one, bud. You well, know you're not doing any good with any nets, man. Well, I'm just saying I'd like to have the the two handed one, like you were mm-hmm. saying, in comparison to having like a even a, a oh, decent sized single handed net. They sell a like a Ranger one, which is you know essentially the one you had before, probably the same hoop on the end with a extended, not extended handle, a long handle, like a one piece longer one piece handle, but it's. I don't know. I feel it's on the the lighter inside, so it'd be great for trout and up to steelhead, but nothing doesn't have like the heavy frame to it. You know what I I'm mean? I'm not doing anything but smallmouthing with this. Yeah. Net and and well, it it would it would give you the trout. advantage. It'd be you'd have the reach. You know what I mean? That's yeah. you definitely need that that's when what, you're. That's in what a, I mean. Yeah, if you're in you the boat, you can sit down and net one from the rower seat with with a good handle. You know what I mean? That's what I mean, yeah. My wife got me that one that has a giant basket, but it just has a real stubby, short, one-hand handle at the flea market, I think, for three bucks. Yeah, son. <laughs> oh, no, I've seen I've I seen took a musky like fishing that. the other day. I've seen that. <laughs> you don't need much handle. It puts it, uh, I mean, depending on the situation. I, I knew the black clouds over me, so I knew I wasn't going to catch a fish. I, I might as well look of carrying a net, too. Should have just blatantly <laughs> forgot it. Like, leaned it up against your truck and drove off. No, I I like the net. It's just I can't catch fish. <laughs> Get used to it, man. So I would I cook some fish. Uh, we went and caught them fish last last year. They're from last year. They were still good though. But uh, it was like I never missed a beat, man. I haven't cooked fish since spring. You know, beginning of summer, June or whatnot, maybe. Uh, nah, I was like like a crappie walleye. It was the crappie we caught up there at, at the state park, but man, it was great. It came out. It looked like chicken. It, like I don't know. I, I'm pretty good at frying shit, man. Like, Is there any other way to eat fish no, out than fry it? Yeah, no, that's yeah. You could throw it in a little bit of butter, but it ain't gonna come out like only this. if it's salmon. Yeah, everything else gets fried. Yes, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm was, with you. It was. It was. Uh, Makes me want to go catch more bad. I need some ice on these lakes, man. Or I just have to get out in the boat and do the same shit where where the weather lets me. My buddy and I were talking about that today. He was talking about uh, mounting boards on the gunnels of his boat. That way you can use his ice fishing rods with the little spring bobbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you would never sit flat, though. The thing is with that is, I don't know, them spring bobbers, I used to use, a, use them a ton until I... Kind of got like to the more of the lure side of fishing. That was all like real small jigs and light stuff, which in turn you need. Yeah, we were we were out the other day trying it off the docks, and it was quite windy, so that little stuff was hard to get work. But it was it was get producing more bites. You know what I mean? It was what they wanted. So that's tough when it's you got to fish so light. I, that's one thing I I despise to fish so light to to get you know to produce. It kind of pisses me off. I will go down, but. 
I don't ever like to I like to have that weight because then I get, you got feel, you got control, you know. I know what you mean, man. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I was out hunting all weekend. Trash. Stupid. <laughs> it's done. I, no, I was out, you know, figure what, two weeks ago, I was out, slipped out a couple of days with the bow, seeing deer everywhere, riding down the road, seeing deer. Now I'm out, you know, muzzleloader for here for a few days. Nothing, man. I only I see the, the neighborhood, uh, you know, pets. There's like... Your deer? Four doe that are right by my house. Oh, yeah. Every deer, day. Deer they just stay there. Deer season's over, man. They're safe your, again. Your neighbors haven't picked them off? Ah, uh, they didn't pick off these doe. These doe stay really close to the road, right on that, right on them field lines. And those ones don't get picked off. And I saw the buck. The big buck. Still that, around? That, oh, yeah. He didn't, he didn't get, didn't uh, get shot. My, my neighbor, I think I was telling the jokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he said he saw him and missed him. But so he's, I saw him with his head down across the road and I saw a big rack. Still in front of him, so he's still kicking. Hey, what? When did they start dropping racks? Yeah, they, they are soon. They are yeah, now. I actually, I've seen soon. some pictures on the internet of some people. I think they were. I think that was PA. It just depends the region. I know ours haven't. I wouldn't say have not, but I've seen deer lose their horns and muzzleloader. I've seen you know Southern Ohio deer be shot without racks. You had that one two or three years back that dropped the horn. I don't know. Might have just shot it off. <laughs> <laughs> you never know in my neighborhood. They send lead when the deer. No, I I I don't know. There's weird scenarios. I guess I I ripped the horn off of that one. That wasn't a that wasn't a shed. It was something weird with that deer, man. It was like uh maybe it it was busted up or something. I don't know. It was weird. I picked this deer up, ripped the horn right off it. Nicest deer I ever shot in my life. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> ah. If that ever happens to somebody, you're you're like out of any kind of scoring. You you can't you can't be in. I don't know if it is. It, you could still qualify for one of the score like brackets, but if you rip that horn off or it falls off, it's but no Bo- Boone and Crockett for yeah, you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that big anyway. I don't. I don't know, man. I. What do you do when you catch or catch a big one or you shoot a big one? What 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 do you do? You relish in that moment for that moment, and then you think about more. Or the ones that got away, you know, that, that's Aaron, kind of... You, you saying that uh, Aaron Chime, we were in the boat the other day, and he was, we were talking about the podcast, and he said, you know, and this, I think this was right after he had lost that large fish. <laughs> you know, he's like, have you guys ever had a segment about, you know, talked about even you guys, the one that got away, like the one that keeps you going back, like the, maybe the one that got away that you're like, God, I know I want to I see that, or that fish or a fish like that again. You know, I think, you know, I don't think we've ever done a segment like that, and that'd be a cool little, you know... Chat for maybe one of the next, next couple podcasts coming yeah, up. You got you got people out there who've lost a million fish. I think I think that ultimately I don't care. I do, I do not care. I do not even want to see that fish. It drives you though, don't it? Yeah, but to know that that's there, you know what I mean. All right, next time, next time, you could always you could lose a big fish and still catch a big fish in it the same day. That's sure. the nicest thing. I'll keep my answer for when we discuss this, but I can't remember one. You can't remember one. You try to forget it. Yeah, you're you're, you're the guy who forgets all the bad and remembers all the good ones. Absolutely, I remember one specifically. I know which one you're gonna say. One specifically, the largemouth bass at the lake. One hundred percent. That bass was freaking huge. (laughs) I got to put a hook in that muskie's mouth, so that one there was not that I lost it, but I had it in a figure eight. But that bass at that lake was big. I forgot zero fish ever. I forget every fish that I don't uh, catch. 
No, mm-mm. I forget the fish mm. I catch because them ones are they're marked off the list. And you're done with those. I'm trying next. to remember that's, that's what happened a, there and next, why. Next know. model. The, we should bring this back next that's week. A sports, yeah. That's just like what well, even goes into sports a little bit. Some you know some people guys are just guys that forget everything. Some guys are the guys that remember everything and just let it eat at them, and that's what that's why they feed, you know, into the going back again or doing better again or feeds them to be better. That's I remember when I played high school football and. We would talk about the game after the game. I couldn't remember one single play that took place. <laughs> you know what I mean? You no, I don't there? remember. I was. It's like this podcast. If you ask me in ten minutes when after what we, we talk about after we yep. hit stop, what did we talk about tonight? I don't have a goddamn idea. It's all you know, gone. you're in the moment and you yeah. just keep talking. I don't have any sort of idea. Just keep. That would be forward. a good one to Wait, spend a little time to touch on. Yeah, like yeah. You've never said this on on the outcome being a good outcome. Oh, I should have did it like this. Or man, I could have been right here. You, you <laughs> no, never, no, no. you never say that shit when it goes right. So, you know what I mean? It just, it it does make everybody better to to get the shit kicked out of you a little bit. And oh yeah. If you can't take a punch and get better, then just keep taking them punches. Not learning. Yep. On so, that note, agreed. Yeah. Tonight's podcast we've been brought to you by Predator Flag Gear. Find them at PredatorFlagGear.com. Eric's Hooks at ericshooks.com. Urban Fly Company. Check them out at urbanflycompany.com. Yeti, built for the wild. Sims Fishing. Find them at simsfishing.com. Why not fishing? Check and out the app, The Dock. Check them guys out. They're a pretty cool group of guys with the app to keep fishermen together and telling them great stories that we're going to bring up next week. Hit up Schultz Outfitters. You know, if you're looking to catch some smallmouth this this year, thanks for the loud music while I was trying to yell that one out. Uh, what do they yeah. got? Demo days coming up. Yeah, they got in June. Yeah, you know, well, he said barflies coming up. Yeah, the barflies. That's a pretty awesome deal. That you know what I mean. Your the money you're paying in is not wasted, or you're gonna get something out of it. So, yeah, check those guys out on the Facebook and Instagram. Now cue it up, Chad. Michael, who is this? The Doobie Brothers. Is it really?